0: Hello and welcome to this
2: Tuesday edition of the Hagman Report. Today is July 10th, 2018. And I hear our studio phone ringing, and I think the caller ID is, said it was Breitbart. I don't think we have anybody from them scheduled to come on. Hopefully somebody grabbed that phone, though. But it is great to be here. we got a great show lined up for you today. Only about 10 minutes of uh, this opening, 10 minutes, we are going to have open. We have guests scheduled throughout the rest of the show. Alicia Powell is going to be joining us from the uh, vigil Of the two year anniversary of Seth Rich's murder And they were having a vigil And she's going to be joining us live from that vigil Talking about what happened today at this press conference Initial reactions are, uh, you know, it's really a bunch of nothing Um, But there were some interesting things said that we will deal with Now, Uh, she has a new job, we're going to talk about that as well Uh, She's working as the communications director on the education project So she's going to talk a little bit about that then we have from 730 to 8, Craig the Sawman Sawyer coming on. He's going to give us an update on an investigation and something that they uh, just completed. Uh, they, they conducted, you know, what they, an investigation where they uh, find people who are abusing young children sexually and human uh, child sex trafficking rings. And apparently he did it overseas and uh, they have concluded their investigation and caught the people they were going after. So it's going to be interesting to hear his story uh, from their latest piece of work. Then, 8 to 9, Tracy Beans is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about a number of things uh, covering the President Trump administration and what's going on in Washington. We see the political tensions, and circus continues as uh, the the left is obviously outraged about the Supreme Court pick, and they're doing everything they can to fight In their own. uh, Supreme Court issue, but more along the lines we talked about of the actual person Kavanaugh, what he stands for, what he believes, and are asking ourselves why who why would President Trump, who had promise uh made promises about what he would do to the Supreme Court, pick a guy like Kavanaugh who could turn out to be like several other disappointing Supreme Court justice picks that have a liberal view now it says he's pro-life it says he's pro-Second Amendment but there are also uh, other quotes of his his own words and and things that he's written that leave you scratching your head Uh, he's pro-Obamacare from what I understand he's also talked about a woman's right to abortions uh, and and, uh, saying that Roe v. Wade is, is constitutional and I don't know that that's the exact quote I don't have them in front of me but my question is, you could, the president could have picked somebody even more conservative, even more, uh, or, or less likely to, you know, lean liberally, especially on important issues like Obamacare rulings. We saw with Justice John Roberts, and obviously he was blackmailed or, or forced into, uh, being the deciding vote on the Obamacare being a tax. And he actually voted in a way that surprised many people. And if you remember, many on the right said, oh, this was uh, strategic by John Roberts to vote this way, but it continued uh, the Obamacare and the mandate and everything else, which was completely against the conservative values that he uh, says he stood up for and the Constitution. So why wouldn't we see somebody more along the lines of the Neil Gorsuch, uh, who was Trump's first pick, very conservative and very constitutional. Instead, we see somebody who is... Uh, apparently, very deep in the establishment, both the left and the right, for decades, and has very, uh, questionable, um, uh, has, has said questionable things and, and had questionable decisions in the past on other legal matters and, and legal opinions. So, we're going to talk about that with Tracy tonight and a whole host of other things. And Stan Deo is going to be joining us in the last hour. He joins us each Tuesday in hour three. And he's got some interesting stuff to talk about. Spoke with him briefly today, uh, which is always interesting when Stan calls you, you know, three, four, five hours before the show and says, Hey, uh, did you hear about this? I want to, uh, this is really good. And I want to talk about it. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. I'm not going to give anything away. You're going to have to wait till Stan comes on to see what he's going to get into, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless. Now, uh, while we uh, are bringing Alicia on in a few moments, we'll cover some of the media's coverage. Uh, as far as what the Supreme Court, uh, uh, nomination that Trump had picked and what's going on. He Trump, President Trump is traveling or has traveled to meet with NATO, uh, leaders in countries, uh, that are in NATO, the leaders of these countries that, uh, for, for a number of reasons. But the, just before we went to air, we were, we had a feed of, I think it was NBC, uh, that was on, and it was the nightly, nightly news. And they started by covering uh, Trump traveling uh, to wherever he went. I don't, I don't have that in front of me. I'll get that. But what was really interesting is they uh, went maybe one minute on on the NATO meetings, and then they went to the story about the illegal immigrants being separated from their the illegal immigrant children and parents being separated. And what was really interesting is uh, there was a deadline apparently today that all the Separated children be reunited with their families, but the government is unable to meet the deadline in certain cases, and the reasons are because, for one, they don't have uh, all the DNA tests done to prove that these people are actually the parents of some of these kids. Uh, other people have are having problems with the uh, you know having committed felonies in the United States at, uh, separately from being here illegally, and they have criminal issues. So. There's a lot of disingenuous and misreporting about why this deadline has not been met, or at least has not been completed. But uh, the news media won't won't get into the specifics on that, or at least they didn't on the nightly news show that I saw and, and watched for about five minutes. So, um, you know, we don't expect them to be honest, but uh, to outright lie and, and to not uh, to lie by omission, not giving the facts. They, they made it sound like uh, President Trump you know, is is uh going against the judge's order and, and saying, No, you don't return these children when that's not the case at all. It's just procedural issues and, and issues for the safety of the children in all actuality as to why uh they have not some of them have not been returned. But it they say it's all going to be done in a matter of days, so uh not to worry. Now the backlash to the Kavanaugh pick. And uh Dad, I want to get your opinion on Kavanaugh. I know we talked a little bit about this yesterday on the Daily Show, I played a clip of Judge Napolitano saying he's very disappointed by President Trump's Supreme Court pick because he thinks that Kavanaugh is uh, part of the swamp, part of the establishment, part of everything President Trump says, uh, said to the American people that he was going to fight if and when elected. And why would he make uh, this pick of a person who is so, I guess, the embedded in DC establishment that he's the what Judge Napolitano said, part of the swamp. And we still see the left freaking out about this. You have, if you just go to Newsbusters, they highlight the, uh, uh, you know, all the major um, media outbursts today. Joy Reid, or I'm sorry, Joy Bear of The View freaks out over Trump picking Kavanaugh. How dare he? How dare he do his job and nominate somebody? Uh, Andrea Mitchell, MSNBC, suggesting Trump had evil desire uh Okay, that's about the immigration. But anyway, you see, the, you see the picture. MSNBC Kavanaugh coverage, 27 guests, zero conservatives. So they're only presenting one side of the story. And, again, the, the main headline from the Supreme Court pick yesterday was, uh we are so outraged about Trump's blank pick because that the blank was they didn't have a name yet. They were planning to be outraged regardless of whoever it was. But what do you think about Judge Napolitano uh, saying he's disappointed in President Trump because of this pick, Kavanaugh being part of the swamp, part of what Trump says he is fighting against. Any thoughts on on that?
0: You, you know, I, I don't know. And how's that for an answer? I don't know. Well, he, he, here's here's what we need to just concentrate on. Is the man going to be true to the Constitution? That's the question. And will he? No, no. We know his position for example, on on the Second Amendment. We know a lot about him, um, both good and bad. And uh, not to interrupt you, but we're yeah. going to have to shut
2: down YouTube temporarily for like two, three minutes. So if you are listening on YouTube, we'll be back up in just a few moments. Uh, something crashed on the server, so we're going to have to reset that.
0: That's but because that's come good. over to Global Star. Yeah. Are, 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 we, are, we filming, are we filming on Global Star? Are, are, do, are we going to have video? Audio, uh, uh, okay. So the whole video all right. uh the whole issue is yeah, the camera failure. So the video part uh, all right. Do, do we do sure we need that. to p- perhaps um uh, you talk amongst amongst yourselves while, while we figure this out? Do do we need to uh go to the bottom of the hour on audio or on, uh, only or No, he says take just a few moments, right. just
2: enough to to reset and get the systems back up and running. All right. But with
0: Kavanaugh, look, it's it's uh <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But see, isn't uh, that a problem if we don't know? Because, I mean. Well, no, no, thinks- we, we, look, we, 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 know his background. And, and I've, I've gotten, do you, do you realize I've gotten over 300, uh, 300 emails, 300 emails about Kavanaugh alone. Oh, I know. We've gotten okay. a lot too. About, about Kavanaugh and, and, and Vince Foster. Yeah. There's, okay, so there's some background there. I think Ted Brewer sent uh-huh. that to both of us today. Yeah, that, that, from among that others. Heavy article, yeah. Among others. And, you know, look, I, here's his job. His job is to decide legal issues pursuant to the United States Constitution. Simple, plain and simple. Not make law, not make new law. All right. Just hear cases and, 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 and just side. On the side of the, or, you know, decide on the side of the Constitution. All right. So for me to speculate, how many people clapped when Alito, uh, or you know, others came in that were it was Roberts, for example? Uh, how many thought, oh, that's a great pick? You know, the only thing it's I remember about Roberts him. was uh, Joe Biden asking
2: him during the confirmation hearing, "Will you be comfortable you know, voting on uh, placing a chip?" In someone's hand or or in their brain, uh, then making that mandatory is that something that you would vote upon? I remember Joe Biden as a senator asking Roberts that well, it, question it, of his confirmation I know that's a cl- completely uh, absurd. Yeah,
0: I, I know, I know, but, but I, I think we've got more. Look, this is a big deal. I get that <coughs> the, the Supreme Court pick is a big deal. It is a big deal, but yeah. but we but we have to see how they're going to rule. How he's going to rule. And for anyone to, uh, suppose or presuppose opinions based on previous performance, okay, I'll give you that. Or, or background, I'll give you that. Some say, well, I don't like him. He's a Catholic. He's, therefore, he's a Jesuit. Well, let me tell you something. I was a Catholic. I I went to a Jesuit seminary. I don't, uh, I'm not influenced by either doctrine. Okay. That was, that was in a different lifetime before I, before I realized what's what. So, yeah. And, okay, so, okay, and forget the speculation about the, about,
2: uh, Kavanaugh. This is what the president, um, put out today or from the, the office of the president. I promised you I would only appoint justices in the mold of the late Justice Anton Scalia. Last night, I once again fulfilled that promise by appointing a strong constitutionalist, the Honorable Brent Kavanaugh, to the Supreme Court. Right. Judge Kavanaugh will protect our religious liberties, uphold the rule of law, and interpret the Constitution as it was originally understood by our founders. Then it goes on to talk okay. about the... there it
0: is. As it was originally right. understood by its founders. There it is. It's simple. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> The Constitution is not a living, breathing, moving, nebulous document right. that needs reinterpreted based on 2018 standards. Right. It is what it is, ruled by the Constitution. And the other part of this, too. The Supreme Court, they don't make law. And people have to get that the hell out of their heads. Understand the separation of powers, the different, different branches of government and of course you know just simply because um a court rules in a case does that um is that binding for example um when, when you when you look at the constitution is that binding on 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 all cases is that the final say does does the constitution well, look at federal judges too what does the what does the constitution say about federal federal uh, judiciary Nothing. then all right. So anyway, I know that's getting a little bit off topic, but but look. Then we have a, Alicia. With okay. Us. Let's just let let's just see what happens now. Interestingly enough, today there was a uh, there was a press conference held by Jack Berkman at uh, at a hotel in Washington D.C. Today is the second anniversary of the unsolved homicide of Seth Rich. Seth Rich was the DNC worker. Um, and worked at the DNC and he was murdered uh, during the early morning hours of July tenth, 2016, prior to the election. A lot of speculation around this unsolved homicide, including but not limited to him being a, a you know, DNC leaker, or the leaker, and, of course, him having possession of some emails. So uh, I watched, uh, courtesy of CrowdSource The Truth, the live feed of this entire press conference. To say that I was underwhelmed would be about right, but that's my view. Now, do I doubt the information? Mm, I don't, you know, the the information that was given sounds plausible. Did they make their case? Mm. I think we'll have to turn to Alicia Alicia for that. Alicia Powell, welcome to the Agman Report. Welcome
3: back. Hi, guys. How are you tonight? And, um, yeah, I just came back from the press conference. It was about a two hour long press conference and it was a lot of hype beforehand. I've had, I've developed sources with just about everyone on the Seth Rich case over with the past year. And, uh, some of these sources, uh, tend to be pl- uh, in it for publicity. And, um, it's, it's not to say that the witness's information is not credible. However, it's still not able to be substantiated. Initially, I thought that the witness would gonna be present at the press conference. I was told he'd be there in disguise with a voice changing device, and that was not the case. Understandably, so in these situations, the optics of that would have been incredible from a journalistic perspective. Yes, but he was there on a on a speakerphone. We, I struggled to listen to what he was saying, but my 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 recording device picked it up at least.
0: I, I was Maybe watching. Clearly, I was, and you had some great questions, but just what you said there, Alicia. In my view, if I was that witness, I would be so angered at 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 the at Jack Berkman. Is that his name, Jack? Jack, right? Yeah, Berkman. Because in my view, what that man did was. Triple his danger in other words he i mean expo- he rose exponentially look if you've got information, you damn well better spill it spill it fast spill it under oath spill it to everyone you know put it on videotape um, shot it from the rooftops make sure a thousand ten thousand people know about it but the way this was done, I'm sorry man i think I think they I think they they did that witness a very big disservice I don't know about you.
3: I, I agree. It makes us all, if, there, if Seth Rich did leak the emails, which I would argue is the premise of the Russia, Russia poll, how this, how was the DNC server breached? If he's the person who breached the server, every time there is a, a false allegation or someone that's using this story for publicity, it completely takes away any kind of uh, substantiated fact that we found that proves that the DNC server wasn't hacked by Russia, and that the Russia probe is a big farce, a big hoax by the DNC. But here's what what I was able. Here's what he alleged. With this 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 witness who used the alias Luke during the press conference. He says first off that there was an ATF agent and a DEA agent who killed Seth Rich. They were surveilling Seth Rich for weeks. Once they found out that he had a thumb drive with all the DNC data on it, he says that Seth Rich kept the thumb drive on him every day. He never left it at home. He never left it at work and they were surveilling him. Now the way the witness found out that Seth Rich, that they killed Seth Rich is because they were his colleagues and they were his friends and they have a history of, of killing people. They're essentially dirty cops and they felt comfortable enough to brag about killing Seth Rich because Rod Rosenstein, who was the U.S. attorney in Maryland at the time, used them as their their their, their his dirty squad, and so they all. He also explicitly detailed how he also explicitly. De- Are you guys there?
2: Oh, yeah, we're still here, at least. Oh I'm sitting
3: outside. I was going to go to the vigil, and I just parked my car because it's was too much traffic to make it to the vigil. So he detailed how Seth Rich was murdered, that they got told him to get on his hands and knees, and they they got to his level, and they, they shot him in the ribs. And then and before they shot him, they were, you know, basically mocking the fact that he was on his hands and knees, and they bragged about how he was on his hand, hands and knees in a in a sexual kind of way is what the witness said.
0: Right.
3: I don't know what that means, but we see this stuff in movies. It all just seems too theatrical to believe. But that doesn't mean that what he says is not true. But anyone, he could be anyone
1: for yes. all you know. Yes. He
3: could be he could be anyone and for all of us media people who take our take our job seriously and want to report the truth, it just takes us in another spin of of a rabbit hole that at this point None of us, all of us, everyone from Sean Hannity to any conservative media outlet does not want to touch the Seth Rich story, even if he was, in fact, a leaker. Because there's lawsuits that are being waged by the Seth Rich family.
4: Oh, believe there's for me.
3: There's slander and defamation. There's uh, just being labeled a conspiracy theorist, theorist. We all want our credibility as journalists. And I don't think that this press conference, unfortunately, did any
0: justice to that. Right. Now, okay, a couple of things. I, I know you are so gracious, by the way, to, to spend your time to stop and to do what you're doing. Thank you. Okay, a couple of things that bother me. Um, as you, as folks, as you heard, Alicia, Alicia there, present in Washington, D.C., at the press conference, to uh, allegedly, allegedly, according to Jack Berkman, and Frank Whalen, who I've got a lot of respect for, Frank Whalen. I'll just tell you that flat out. The retired NYPD detective sergeant, who's also now a PI, a lot of respect for that man. Uh, but Berkman is the guy that was doing the press conference. Whalen was the guy that was basically is the guy's basically in charge of.
3: Well, I would like to say something. Up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Matt Couch of America First Media, Frank Whalen, Jack Berkman—they all plan on doing something to commemorate the second anniversary of Seth's death. Did we know? I didn't know a witness was going to come forth in disguise or on a speaker but there was something planned. Right. So, you know, not to, it's, it's Jack Berkman didn't exactly plan this himself. Matt Couch was supposed to be there and couldn't make it due to different circumstances. Okay. His witness might still have credibility. The way it, the presentation came across still doesn't help.
0: Yes, yes. And you're, you're, as you
3: said, you're exactly the, right. the, the person who found this witness is a former NYP homicide detective, a veteran homicide detective for 23 years. Right. I think he knows a thing or two about Debbie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And, and that, if it were not, you, you remove him from, from that press conference today, I would have had a really harder time. But, but here's a couple of questions okay. on it. A couple of questions It's
3: 100 on degrees th- outside, guys. What's that? It's humid. It's 100 degrees and humid
0: in the swamp. Oh, right? I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Well, we won't keep it for much longer but 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 okay here here's a couple of issues I've got all right um so, so the story is somehow Rosenstein either gave the order or protected afterward uh the two agents federal agents one a t f allegedly one uh d e a that shot Seth rich now these are supposedly ruthless killers now, i I get the fact that they 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 you know made him stop get on his knees cross his legs put his hands behind his Uh, uh, head, I get that. Okay, that sounds okay to me. But let me tell you, before I put two bullets in a guy, two things. I'm gonna make sure I've got the USB in my pocket, alright? Because I don't want a bullet to go through the USB. And the second thing is I'm gonna double tap him in the head. Right,
3: not the, so. If these guys are professional killers, they could at least make it look like a botched robbery. Yeah. I mean, take his his uh his watch, take his money, take his credit cards, but they're kind of sloppy killers if they want us all to believe it was a botched robbery. So the fact that the D.C. Uh, police Department and the mayor and just about every Democrat uh stands by the fact that it was a botched robbery and if you say anything else otherwise is why I keep looking and I keep asking questions and I I don't put it to rest. And I go to these press conferences and see what it's about. Because you can't just say there was a botch robbery when all the evidence proves otherwise. I'd also like to note that the witness claims he has testified in front of the House Intelligence Committee. Well, if that's true, then members of Congress are aware of his testimony and they're not acting, or which wouldn't be surprising. I mean, I've asked members of Congress about Democrats about the Alwan brothers, and they claim they know nothing about Imran Alwan, as I was <laughs> discussed before, but. If Trey Gowdy and members of the House Intelligence Community have some kind of testimony from a witness that proves Seth Rich was the leaker, where is it at? Why don't we see something more?
0: And, and that was going to be my question to you. Do you, do you buy that as a journalist?
3: Well, I do think that I know they did give the testimony to members of Congress and perhaps they vetted this witness and he's not credible. But I do know that they, that Matt Couch's team has provided lots of evidence to members of Congress.
0: Okay. Who they won't say. Okay. Very
2: interesting. Alicia, we, we have a, just a few moments left with you. You want to take a few minutes and, and tell the audience about your, uh, new job that you just got? Yeah, please.
0: Your 100 degree heat, humidity. (laughs) Please. You Um, Sing away.
3: Well. I am now the current communications director of a new organization which is launching any day now called the Education Project. And what we are essentially going to be doing is exposing the leftist, progressive agenda that administrators of universities are shoving down students' throats. Everything from toxic masculinity, what is toxic masculinity? It's, 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 it's the left way of imposing progressive beliefs on our youth and, and telling you that it's not okay to be a white, sh- a straight male, that it's not okay, uh, white privilege is, is, is going to hold you back. All of this social progressive agenda, this social warrior agenda is being, students from pre-k to college are being indoctrinated. I know I've been, I, I was a college student that's really what led me to being a conservative journalist is just how much people, students are complacent with this indoctrination and speaking up against it, you do get bullied. You might have your grade your grade curve. I've actually had professors when I was in college because I kept professing a more conservative viewpoint, say, I'm not gonna call on you anymore. You've already asked enough questions. And as a Republican club uh executive of the, the Student Republican Club, the vice president of different Republican clubs. We've gotten bullied and discriminated against, and all of that has to stop. It really is, the education project is about re- returning us back to the days where we go to math and you learn math and geometry and physics and how to create the highest vision of yourself and tap into your gifts instead of learning about social justice uh, agenda, which is, you know, in Harvard is actually practicing racism, yep. and they're facing a lawsuit for discriminating against Asian students. So there's a lot there that we need to address. And really, the the liberal co- the, the liberal colleges and universities, which is essentially every college almost across the United States, are creating an army of socialists, an army of people who are social justice warriors. Yeah. And so we're going to be targeting that in a number of different ways, uh, with litigation, with communication, with debates. We're actually planning a, uh, toxic feminine, femininity, toxic femininity <laughs> seminar, um, soon where we tell people it's okay to be a man. It's okay. You know, women are, women graduate from college at a rate much higher than men. And yet we're still being victimized to basically re- re- dismantle this uh, victimization propaganda that professors yep. are inundating all of us with, all of the students. Well, transgenderism too is what they're shoving down your throat. That's what t- part of the toxic masculinity uh, reading is. That's what their, their their textbooks are reading about, essentially transgenderism.
2: And and you're right. And we need. Uh, you know things like the education project and people like you working on it uh to focus on these issues in in the schools because, as you said they are uh just basically turning out generate a generation of socialist socialist communist tyrants and uh it 's about time that that has changed Alicia, thank you so much for joining us thanks for uh, a rising a rising
0: star a rising star by the way folks uh rising star alicia powell the, the education project watch keep watching for i didn't mean to interrupt you and talk yeah. over you but but folks, please watch Alicia because she is a rising star in this, uh, in this venue. Go ahead. And Alicia, thanks for your time. Thanks for your
2: reporting. We will talk with you soon.
3: Thank you guys. And, uh, I'm sorry to press Rich. Bombshell it may not have been a bombshell, but there's more to come with that, right? So oh,
0: absolutely. Always. Absolutely. Th- thanks for staying on it. You're, you're, you you've got a lot of tenacity. Oh, get out of the heat and, oh, man, uh,
3: get some rest. 10 now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for
2: Good your, have a great time. night, at least, yeah. Good night. And you know, one of the, uh, interesting things is the story that is on, uh, a website that is the college fix. It's becoming a website I check at just about every day, but if you do check this website every day, it's just outrageous. You have to be in the right mindset, otherwise, otherwise you're going to put your fist through your own computer. But, uh, this, From the College Fix today, California University works to reduce the number of white people on campus. In keeping with the diversity and inclusion movement, sweeping campuses across the country, Cal Poly San uh, Lucius recently released a 30-page report outlining plans to improve diversity via a series of initiatives. And they go on to say that our goal is to increase the number of people of color in our campus. In 2011, the campus was 63% Caucasian. In 2017, it was less than 55%. The paper goes on to detail that they want to get the white population below 39% to, to better represent, uh, the, uh, California population of California. But isn't this just what Alicia said? Yeah. This, you know, diversity, inclusion, the social justice warrior is just racism under all these, uh, you know, social banner
0: names that they use. It's everyone gets a trophy. Everyone, you know, stop it. All right. Look. White, black, purple, green, I don't care. Okay. Just, just, it's on the merits.
2: Right. Nobody it, ever makes it about race except the people at the, the CNNs, the, the the social justice
0: warriors. They're the only ones that ever make it about race. The, and, that's correct. And, and, and stop, stop with this. Stop with this. Well, you know, the reparations and the man's held me down. No, no. Maybe you're great, great. In some cases, great grandfather, uh, might have suffered under, uh, under the yoke of, of slavery, perhaps. Yeah, read but, the, but don't, 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 don't come with, to me with your hand out and expecting some uplifting.
2: Right. The walkaway movement, there's some great testimonies coming out of that. And I, I read one on the Daily Show the other day that talked about the, uh, constant victimhood mentality, how the, uh, the left is constantly, uh, creating groups of victims. And then keeping them in that victimhood mentality by constantly, uh, reinforcing that they're oppressed and that they don't have, you know, uh, equal opportunity and all this stuff that's just not true. Never empowering them uh, enough to, to get motivated and to actually get out there and make something of themselves. Always presenting to them that they are the victims and that they are oppressed. And it's a, a very a dangerous, uh, system
0: of, of self, I guess, defeatism if you fall into that trap. So anyway, but, but, but this is a legacy of Obama. This is yep. Obama's legacy, you know Van Jones saying this is a white lash. how dare how dare him? this was a, if anything, <laughs> it was a whip lash from lawlessness. both back candidates were the law, both yeah. candidates were white, and he called it a white
2: lash. That's pretty funny <laughs> yeah. anyway, we have our next guest with us, Craig, the sawman Sawyer. He's got some uh interesting information. I have not spoken with him. John has, but he has been out of the country, and I don't know if he's returned, if he's back in the USA.
0: All I know is Craig has been in in Bang, Bangkok busting, uh, uh, well, pedo tourists. Bus mermaid. This is pedo tourists. Yes, that's a good way to put it. This this guy, Craig Sawyer, um, is he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He is he has vets for. That's the number four child rescue. Uh, folks, I would encourage of all of the groups out there that are working for the, you know, freeing up the, um, children. That's for child rescue. That's for child rescue. That's the number four child rescue. Remember that. And, and Craig Sawyer has been right on the money. He's been a straight shooter with us. We met him face to face. We, we know his capabilities. We know his, feel like we know his team and we know his end result and this guy gets results so with that i'll kick it over you yeah and we have with uh with us
2: craig sawyer and uh he has been in bangor busting the the pedo terrorists as you said and and busts were made craig why don't you bangkok
0: us? not bangor bangkok
2: <laughs> okay but yeah uh, i don't know a how you screwed few, that one up. Few, bangor maine a few thousand
0: miles difference
2: yeah a few thousand miles and a few oceans uh apart craig welcome back to the hagman report
4: Hey, guys, thanks. Uh, I'm actually back home now, and it is uh, good to be back here. Oh, uh, we, we spent oh, yeah. the better part of a month over in Southeast Asia, three countries working with numerous NGOs and law enforcement, and it was fantastic experience. We got to meet other people that are doing great work, learn from them, run operations jointly with them, and see how the different ones uh, make their own contributions. And the ones that we met with were doing fantastic work. So some are going undercover into the bars and brothels and identifying the underage girls and boys and finding pipelines to get them out. And they do pretty good numbers on their on their rescues and their uh, soft extractions. They they refer to them as soft rescues. And they just mentor the young people and and find out which ones want out and they help them do that. So. That's one operation. Uh, there are others of different types. Uh, law enforcement. And I tell you what, in the Philippines, particularly, they are not playing around. They are cleaning it up a lot of the um, the pimps and the pushers are moving out of Manila, uh, out to the countryside because they're uh, there's a president there and law enforcement that don't have any sense of humor about uh, big crime, and, uh, and there's a battle going on there. So there's there's good faith intent to beat back the crime there in Manila. So that's changing as we speak. It's pretty inspiring. I got to uh, meet uh, some of their law enforcement officials there and uh, and start up a really nice relationship. So we'll be uh, working with them here in the future uh, to an increasing capacity. And other organizations uh, all around Southeast Asia, one of them that uh, does a lot of prevention, which I really am big on, because I'd rather see somebody avoid harm, then go in and have to rescue them from it. And so we, we visited one called Foursquare that really does great work. You guys been there for 20 years in Cambodia, uh, really just mentoring these kids, taking the ones that are orphaned that would be swept up and put into uh, the sex trade. But instead they, they mentor them. They, they bring them uh, to stay on their compound. Uh, they have church training there. They have education, vocational training. They eat healthy diet. These kids are like glowing examples, proof of their contributions and their legitimate work there. Just uh, what a beautiful legacy. So we got to see so many good people and, and the, the fruits of their efforts and, and confirmation. It was really great. So we struck up relationships there. We filmed all of it. Uh, to share in Contraland to, to inform the American people on what that looks like and what happens and how the international sex trade and child trafficking ties into what goes on here in the United States. Big, powerful story. So it was a life-changing trip and experience. And mean uh, even got to, uh, we took part of a morning off and went out to the, what they refer to as the killing fields. It was one of the mass grave sites in Cambodia, just outside of Phnom Penh, mm. uh, where a lot of the people uh, uh, were murdered uh, Pol Pot. Genocide by the Khmer Rouge there yeah. uh, under Pol Pot's communist regime. Ugly, ugly stuff. Just another reminder of uh, why you never give your weapons up and you never give uh, total control to any thugs and uh, give up your your ability to defend yourself. Just a horrible occurrence in, in uh, human history, but it's uh, you know it, it's it's behind them now. So um, Cambodia is, is on the recovery. Uh, there's a lot of Rebuilding going on there now. People seem to be, uh, their spirits are increasing. So that's good to see. That's
0: good. So, yeah. so ju- just to be clear for the people who never, and I can't believe, can't believe our, our listeners or viewers, uh, for people who don't know you, of course, you head up an organization called Vets for Child Rescue. You act, you actively go out, rescue underage or, uh, you rescue sex slaves basically, many underage. And uh, you also are, you also film it. You have a film crew with you to document so that the people can see the ugly insides of what's, of what, what's going on out there. Is that kind of a it, good summary?
4: It, it is. It's, it's exactly true. Um, I want people to stay focused on the fact that I founded Veterans for Child Rescue specifically to sound the alarm, to alert the populace. To the fact that child trafficking is a big and very ugly problem, because people didn't seem to know about it, they still don't to the, on, on the large seem to understand that it's a big problem that it's right here in the continental United States. So my biggest contribution is to alert the populace, show them, educate, empower the people with the knowledge of what really happens, and and you have to show them that for them to accept it and understand. So that's what we're doing, and that's what Contraland is about, and that's what we're busy filming. And uh, there's so much story It's so powerful now We've actually started to reformat it Back into our original vision As a documentary series There's too much story now For just a two hour feature film It would be too busy and complicated For people to digest And we're going to meter this out In a multi-part documentary series And with that I'm proud to announce That now we're shooting a pilot episode That's going to allow us to give people A glimpse of Contra Land and bring that to market much sooner than we would have the, the, the two hour feature film. So, um, That's good. that'll, that'll, yeah, that'll be out this year. And I'm excited to, to hear that news. And so all it'll right. give people an overview of what all we're covering and, uh, yeah. and the first part of, of what's been happening. Fantastic.
0: Man,
2: Craig, back to, uh, uh, in Asia, these areas in Asia, uh, the, this term no, pedo terrorists or tourists, the tourist Yeah. Why is it so? Why has it been so prevalent that that people are going to these areas and and because they're they're able to have sex with children? How, why is that allowed? And because you just you made a comment earlier that the government's cracking down. So has this no. been kind of like a, an open secret for a long time in, in these areas, that yeah this, uh, this goes on and we kind of look the other way?
4: Well, uh, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So you've got Alfred Kinsey that poisoned our society back in the 50s, saying that uh, pedophilia was somehow normal and okay. Yeah. And so we've bred about three generations of pedophiles since then, so the numbers have exploded <laughs> and increased. And a lot of Americans and other Europeans, uh, people from Australia and everywhere else, they go to the Middle East. To abuse the children, they think they're, they're, uh, they'll get away with it there. Somehow, uh, sadly and wrongly, they view those children as, as somehow less than, uh, and, and it's not the case. You know, they're all God's children. They're precious, uh, beautiful people. And it's just been a horrific injustice. And, uh, the, so many of the, the, the European, the Westerners go to the Middle East specifically to, um have sex with uh, all types, but but uh, there's a lot of underage involved in that as well. So, uh, man, I, I'm, I'm all about exposing that and making it difficult and increasing the laws against it and cleaning it up and saving a lot of lives from, from so much torment and harm. Amen.
0: It, um, we know that, uh, I know this is dated, when I say dated, I mean this is back in February. Um, one of your Big bus was in. uh, uh, When was that? In February. uh,
4: February was Utah.
0: Okay. Okay.
4: Set of sting operations in Utah.
0: That's right. Um, Seven arrests, and uh, uh, I guess. I guess my question to you is: Is there anything that would surprise, like you know, like you, you, or me, or I mean, um, I'm sure uh, there are many things obviously unsettling, but anything surprise you that that you've seen over the last I don't know, several months or even since you started doing this?
4: Yeah, just the depravity, the the lack of compassion that some of these people have, the sociopathic nature of those that'll come and and harm children I mean, I just saw an arrest uh, several days ago, right before I left uh, the Middle East this was in Manila, a guy that had come over from the U.S. and he he had been over there, uh, abusing underage girls and they caught him. And, uh, and they, in fact, they caught him as soon as he got off the plane. They snatched him up. They'd been watching him come in and tracking him and he, he lied to them saying that, uh, you know, he, they got the wrong guy. And then they, so they brought him in for questioning and he stood in front of several of the young ladies that he had been involved with and they, they, he, he realized it was done. It's over what, so, huh? uh, wow! Yeah, so it's good to see justice uh, find its way and uh, and just protect the innocent man. These these people don't have any business being abused, uh, okay. Okay. You know, like that. So yeah,
0: all right, all right. Well, uh, th- this is fantastic, and I just I, we wanted to get an update from you because your work. Um, just to be clear, in my head. U.S. Guys, guys from the U.S. Will, will travel over to either the Middle East or Southeast Asia. Specifically, I mean for the for the purpose of sex with young children. I mean, like a meat market kind of thing. That's that's their intent of the trip.
4: Yes, it's, sir, one hundred percent. So seventy. I think it. I think it was seventy. It was. It was a roughly two thirds. So it might have been 60 something percent. I don't want to quote the exact number in case I get it wrong, but about two thirds of. The males that step off of an aircraft in Bangkok are there for the sex tourism trade. So they may also oh. conduct business meetings, but uh, they partake in the sex trade in one way or another. About two thirds of them. So that's a pretty high number, and uh, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of people that are being exploited through that. So you know, a lot of it's due to poverty. Uh, they they feel like that's the best way they can make money, or they families feel like they have to resign that. Uh, their, themselves to allowing their kids to be brought into it. There's a lot of deception. Uh, they, they get the kids from the, the mountain villages. Right. Uh, most of them don't come from the downtown because the people that are city people, they see it and they don't want the kids subjected to that, but they'll go recruit them from the mountain villages where the parents aren't as aware of what's really going to happen to the kid. Uh, they lie to them, deceive them. Hey, we're just going to get them a job at a hotel or something, a legitimate job. And you know, they'll send you back money. So the parents end up saying, okay. Uh, in some some cases, the parents are a little callous to it and resign themselves to whatever. Uh, wow. other cases, the parents genuinely don't know, and they would never allow their children to be caught up in that. And so uh, there are predators that go and, and scout and recruit the children from the mountain villages and bring them uh, back out down into the main cities and, and put them in the bars and brothels. So Jeez. ugly, ugly stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, the other question I had here in the States uh, with respect to, you know, you, you hear uh, this is all about, at the border, it's all, all about the children and the children being separated from, you know, their um, their their families. Their families, of course, coming in illegally. And uh, it, it, that aside, just the um, the people coming across, the young children coming across the border. It, it, what are your thoughts in terms of the numbers that are actually that that are sent? We'll say from Central America up to the United States alone, with mules, coyotes, whatever. Uh, runners and that get here. Are the majority of them, like we're reading, are are they abused in some fashion? Um, Uh,
4: yeah, yeah. The coyotes abuse people extensively. A lot of times they'll, they'll murder them if if they're drug runners. Okay. Uh, they'll just murder them for the dope load or, or, uh, there's a lot of reasons that people get killed, but my buddy's a rancher, uh, and my father-in-law is a rancher, both down in in high traffic corridors into the the United States from Mexico and I, I could tell you stories all week long about what they run into and what they find. There's every which scenario but sure. it is not a pleasant route in. There's a lot of uh, coercion manipulation, uh, extortion, blackmail uh, to on on to people who are being brought into the United States illegally. so uh, a lot of people are forced to bring a dope load in or their family will be killed. Uh, a lot of people are uh, realize that if they don't have a child with them, they're probably not going to make it into the United States and stay, so they bring a kid that's not theirs. There's a lot of political games being played. Um, you know, the opposition on, on the other side, they're looking at our media and going, oh, okay, we'll send all this mass group into California and, and know that the American liberal media will make a big media storm over it. it uh, people have to realize there's a lot of political games being played for leverage, According to which party wants what. Right. And, uh, like my wife points out so astutely, hey, look, man, you know, if I wanted to go in a country and I knew I was probably going to be separated from my kid, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't take them there. So let's not play games. There's, you know, a lot of people pretending like the victims don't know any better. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of people that know better and they're just, they're playing games anyway. So. uh,
0: Okay. Maybe this is, uh, an unrelated question, but, um, or an unfair question. What, do you think, given your experience, and, and I know you you, you spent time on the border, would a wall help? Well, along, I mean, would a wall help?
4: It, it will. It would absolutely help as a physical barrier. Number one, you talk to anybody that works at the border, like, yes, that would be fantastic to have that, but you can't leave it unmanned. Right. So you still need the drones, you still need the sensors, and you still need the the law enforcement officers patrolling, so that it's manned and that there is a response for those who do. Um, breach the wall Because look you, No matter what kind of wall You can devise You leave it unmanned Long enough People are going to Devise a way to breach it um, That's just human nature It's almost taken As a challenge, right? So uh, I, Everything that I'm hearing Is that Yeah They do want the the wall Down there uh, It makes sense It makes everybody safer It keeps everybody more honest and, But we still have to man it And there has to be Appropriate numbers uh, for uh, for law enforcement down there to, to patrol it, and the proper political backing for them, and we do have that backing by our president. But it n- now, what happens to happen is the president's commander's intent on enforcing the border has to filter has to has to uh, filter down to the legacy um, executives within uh, border enforcement uh, to actually. Be active and carry out the the law, and not look the other way as in decades past. So, yeah, understand. um, understand. You know, a changing of the old guard, so to speak, is a little more, little more thorough changing of the guard. I think is in order in order for uh, the the president's will to be carried out to defend the American people down there.
2: Yeah, there there needs to be the multiple layers. I've seen stories of drones uh, flying over drugs from Mexico, and all the stories of tunnels that can be dug underneath walls. You need those multiple layers. Absolutely. Craig, we only have a few minutes left. I want to make sure I touch on this. You mentioned when uh, you were overseas working, you said you worked with a number of NGOs, and I don't have the name in front of me, but two weeks ago, I believe it was, there was a uh, 22-year-old male who was involved in the UN uh, against human sex trafficking and all these organizations and ended up being one of the worst types of pedophiles out there uh, from infants on, and he had all these computer images and uh, was actually caught by uh, an FBI agent posing as a uh, you know a child broker basically, and that's how they they unraveled and, and caught this guy. But how prevalent do you think it is that people who work in these you know NGO organizations like the UNs and, and whatnot, who work on said human child or, trafficking, or are even, involved in the actual even the practice? child
1: services, you right, know? right? Yeah,
2: CPS yeah. or yeah. Well,
4: I. By my observation, it, it, it's, it's disturbingly prevalent. I, I've learned that the predator will put himself in a position that gives him access to children. So we have learned of, of uh, pretty extensive corruption. So I think it's important to really vet anyone that's going to have access to the kids uh, before you give them too much trust. It's, it's, it's damaging in that regard because bad people have ruined the trust. And so it makes it more difficult for good people to do good work. I'll tell you right now, everything that I do in good faith uh, is, is attacked from all sides.
0: Oh, we've seen other
4: people that have been corrupted and have done wrong with their, uh, with their authority or with their position. It's like being a straight cop and being called a pig and a hater and a, (laughs) you know, minority murderer by everybody. Just because there's a bad cop. Here and there doesn't mean that that police are bad. So people need to settle down and be honest with themselves, and be accurate, and um, and, and be a more careful judge of character. It's the individual that matters, and I would say judge individual NGOs based on their performance good and, and their, their character and their their moral integrity. And that the ones that we've been referred to, we've uh, gotten a very good look at them, and they've been fantastic, and that's been very encouraging. For me to see, because I've been hearing and, and seeing others, uh, that weren't so effective and then some that were just flat out fraud. So in fact, there's one of fraud, uh, that suckered me into a thing down in Tucson. He yeah. said that there was a big rape camp and I went down there in good faith to have a look at it and it did look concerning. And as law enforcement admitted that it looked concerning and we looked at it and looked at it and asked people, and man, it's like, yeah, this looks like a rape tree. We don't know what this thing is underground. And then, uh, we started realizing that a lot of the so-called evidence that this guy um, uh, that had called us down there was submitting turned out to be falsified and hoaxed. hoax. And one after one, we started going, wait a minute, wait a minute. After several days, we sat down and met with Tucson Police Department. They showed us all their records and like, this guy is a fraud and a hoax. He's got a history of doing this. He's a problem down here in Tucson. He's got a long criminal record and we started asking a lot of the other people. I started asking them all of my friends and family, the ranchers all around that area and they're like this guy is a disaster. <laughs> in fact, folks, he's in jail again right now for yet another felony.
0: Yeah, uh, in so fact. So
4: I would ask people to just be careful. Yes, because something looks concerning at first, uh you have to continue updating your understanding according to the facts and once something proves to be nothing and you see that the so-called evidence was fake. You have to be honest and admit that, and move back on to more legitimate operations. Yes. So I won't let go yes. of something if I if I smell a rat. If if I see that there's uh, child predation there, man, I'm going to stay on it like a pit bull on a bone. But that one turned yeah. out to be just fraud and a, a, a case of unfortunate hoaxing. So I think people need to be careful and, and understand that and, and move on with us.
0: And, and I just want to I, I want to make sure people understand this. You took a, a beating on social media. Your organization took an unfair beating on social media. They they used that initial assessment that you made to um, supposedly uh, prove, you know, your 180 that you were bought off and all this nonsense. We know you, and I am going to tell our audience and, and look in my eyes as people are watching. We know this man. We've looked in his eyes. We know his organization. That you will not find a, a more stand-up guy than Craig Sawyer, or more stand-up organization than Vets for Child Rescue. Let me tell you that right now. Okay, so anyone who is basing anything, uh, their opinions on on what happened in Tucson, get straight. This guy is is. Thank you for straightening that out, Craig. This is a guy, I guess, is what I'm Absolutely. trying to say. We, we, thank you. We appreciate you. We really do. You're the man. Thank you, guys. Alright, folks. Craig, thank you. Uh, folks, uh, that was Craig Sawyer, Vets for Child Rescue, and, in that situation, sadly, in Tucson, you know, it split a lot up. It's, this mm-hmm. is what they do. They, 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 you know what, Joe? They divide. Yeah, they use the emotional,
2: uh, pulling the emotional heartstrings. And if you're not on board right away, then you're part of the, you know, the evil ones who are carrying out this oh, agenda. Oh, you and bought them
0: off before, before
2: you even get the facts. And, and that's one of the big problems we see with our media. We're going to be right back with Tracy Beans. We're going to talk about this stuff and more when we return. Don't go anywhere.
0: back to this edition of the Hagman Report. You know, I, I watched a video, okay? We were just talking about this during the break. I watched a video of a group, uh, perhaps well-meaning. Perhaps well-meaning. Shall I say that again? Perhaps well-meaning. Go into a, a house, a, 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 a structure, unoccupied, not abandoned. Now, those people who are really, uh, who know uh, about what's going on on social media, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Those who don't, don't worry about it. This group goes into this unoccupied home, shall we say, structure. Behind a fence, the home, building, structure, whatever, happened to be on federal land. And supposedly, this is the same group Craig was talking about. So, sue me. Stand in line if you want to, okay? All right, seriously. I'm watching this. I'm watching this video play out. I'm thinking, if this was a legitimate bad place where bad things happen. Okay, first of all, breaking and entering, nah, not so cool. Unless, Unless, of course, you hear... You've got a reason to believe that there's some, somebody in danger in there. Second of all, in the first five seconds, I watched pretty much the entire place contaminated. You you don't, you you don't enter a crime scene. Not that way. Not that way. And certainly with not an AR-15. And I'm thinking... Really? And, and then the police arrive. And I'm, I'm cutting a lot out. And the police arrive. And they wonder why they're, they, they wonder why they're getting arrested. Okay, now. I've worked with Russ, Judd's worked with Russ, we've, John, I mean, we've worked with Russ Dizdar. And let me tell you something. Russ Dizdar stands like eight foot tall and he's about six foot wide and he's got a Bible in one hand and a sword in the other and fire coming out of his nose, and he's on, I mean, you know, he, 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 let me tell you, okay, like Craig Sawyer, except, you know, and uh, he's not afraid of anything, but he does things the right way, Craig Sawyer does things the right way, all right, now, that's not to say we don't, we don't go in, that's not to say we don't go in and rescue because yeah, there's any, danger. any any one of these people, Craig or Craig went down to Tucson, loaded for bear. He was going to go through. I mean, guns ablazing if necessary. That's what he was called in. Hey, we got it, we got it. we got a perp. We got we got girls because you know you guys don't know the back story. There are people out there yipping on YouTube with channels have no clue what they're talking about. And and this is why we spend really hours. Discussing this or, okay, what's going on? Verifying, verifying with boots on the ground over here. What, you know, and, and so we we don't take lightly to being snookered. I'll tell you that. And, uh, um, anyway. You see, uh, we have our guests, but did you see
2: that president pardoned, uh, the Hammonds and some of the other people involved in the, uh,
5: yes, yes, the, it was
2: standoff?
0: a standoff. And of course, now the argument, well, it was a, it was a commutate, uh, executive, uh, um, commutation. Parenthetically, full pardon or a clemency, executive clemency, and then yeah. parenthetically, uh, full pardons. And there's arguments over that, um, but but yes. And now, But see, people get half cocked. Well, and I was reading on Facebook. So you're you're pardoning people arsonists. You're pardoning arsonists. <laughs> okay, all right. Th- that's what you think, you know. Go read a book. Or go go call her somewhere. I don't know. Just get get out of my way. Um, Joe, I had the pleasure today of uh, speaking with uh, this guest, Tracy Beans. Folks, Tracy Beans on Twitter, on YouTube, and um, Tracy and I had a, a couple of great conversations, and we've been going back and forth over the last couple of weeks, and and she's been really, really testing my mind. Um, she is hand her a a, a a a what's that thing called up there? That, what, what am I looking at? That thing right there? A magnifying glass? That's it. Thank you. I'm losing my mind. You and me both. Okay, hand her a, a magnifying glass and a badge, and she's like, you know, it's, I'm telling you, she's got great instincts, investigative instincts. She is a great investigative journalist, and she's a great she. You can learn a lot from her. And I'll, I'll just say this, and then I'm going to shut up. She is taking time out of her schedule today. You've got no idea how busy she is and no idea what she's got to go, she in hour, just hours from now, what she's got to do. Okay? Trust me, I wouldn't be doing any tel, any TV radio shows if I was her right now. But she agreed to come on tonight to talk about a number of things. And for that, we thank her. And she's a a, a real, a real gem. Uh, a lot of knowledge about investigative journalism. And I'm sure she's got some comments because we were, I was asking her about Seth Rich and she's got so much, she's got so much background, behind the scenes information. You don't want to mess with this. You do not want to mess with Tracy Beans. Do not get on her bad side. You know, I'm just telling you. She'll dig up something from your kindergarten years. I'm telling you. All right. So, Joe, go ahead.
2: Well, Tracy, it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Where, uh, wh- where do you want to begin tonight?
1: That was such a great introduction. Oh my
0: Well, God. I'm serious, oh. man. You know, I, uh, talk, I, I mean, a couple of times today, I'm thinking to myself, did I miss something? You know, and, and she, and, and and she's rattling off names and dates, and I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I'm thinking I'm getting old, man. I gotta, you know. I, uh, uh,
1: uh, Who is the first person I called when I wanted an opinion on on a story I was working on?
0: Who is this a quiz? I don't know. It was you. Well, thanks.
1: <laughs> but
0: but no, I'll tell you what. You've really you you're really an amazing uh, analyst, and. Uh, and that's all i'm going to say on it. It, it it's just you've done so much and you you've just developed this um uh, developed the, the analytical skills plus the, the the back door information you've got the you know, i don't know how you do this but uh my I, eyes are
1: everywhere all the time yeah, sneaky so. <laughs> yeah no thanks for having me on i'm glad to be here i'm every time i have the opportunity to come and talk to you guys i love i love it it's been a great day. Today has been a very busy day. I had a, uh, an interview with Brandon Struck from Walk Away, which was fantastic. He's awesome. You could sit and talk to that man for hours. He's just fabulous. Like he reminded me of home, which is New York where I came from. So it was a really good interview. I, I want everybody to go and check it out on my, my channel. Absolutely. Um, that's something I would, you know, a lot of times when I come on your show, we stick to straight factual information, which there's plenty to talk about and we can, but I mean, I want to talk like a little bit about the culture of what's going on right now and, and you know, how the media makes these people feel, people who don't agree with this this extremist sort of rhetoric that's coming out um, lately from the Democrat Party that now, you know, is literally running on Abolish ICE, that's their platform. Uh, the, they make the, the, the people that think that that's crazy feel like a minority. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a majority. No, a minority. Yeah. I'm not like some big government intervention person, government agencies person. You know, I'm not, I'm a very staunch supporter of civil liberties and small government, but I understand that ICE isn't just an immigration enforcement agency. It also deals with human trafficking human um child trafficking all kinds of different crimes that they prosecute um you know right now is really not the time to abolish ice i wonder where these people were when the patriot act was signed
2: yeah or tsa uh, you know put into airports or uh you it, know it's amazing it's, it's just because it's the manufactured crisis that they uh, used to d- distract from the ig report and some of the corruption of the fbi uh coming out because that's when when this whole migrant uh, child separation crisis was put in the news, was right after the inspector general's report came out. Uh, they started within a matter of days, all the, the TV and news media coverage shifted to this subject, which is a subject that they ignored under President Obama for eight, you know, plus years. And, uh, it's never bothered them before. It doesn't bother them killing babies in wombs and abortion and everything else. So, but, but now it bothers them because, because one, they, uh, believe that they had a way to, uh I would say divide Trump from his base of supporters and then two, they uh you know, independence of people on the fence they thought for sure by using the children, they they would be able to sway public opinion against President Trump. And the people are able to see right through it. I mean, we see even today or, or I was talking about earlier NBC nightly news spent maybe 60 seconds on talking about Trump traveling to meet with NATO leaders and then went to how a deadline was not met for some children who were not returned to their parents but failed to mention why that was because the DNA test Perfect. still had not been completed and uh you know the, some of the the parents were uh felons and wanted felons and the whole thing's just a big joke in in, in a in a show but you're exactly right. Some of the things that have happened under President Trump, it seems like the people who support Trump are now supporting things that they've always been against, like DHS, uh, you know, uh, TSA, things like that. And it's a really weird uh, seems like identity crisis, but I know exactly what you're thinking is that with this, Tracy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was protesting against, you know, the, the, the Patriot Act and, and FISA surveillance and all of that stuff years ago, you know what I mean? I think we still should be doing mm-hmm. something like that, but... Um, The the immigration narrative was really, I I pinned it down to exactly when it really started the uptick. And it was during the hearings with Horowitz where the Democrats were trying throughout the first half of those hearings to really, you know, try to get Horowitz to say that Peter Strzok wasn't biased, that there was no bias involved in the mid-year exam investigation. And he refused to do it. He was he was just steadfast on the fact that there was bias, and it was, you know, it was it did play a role in in the Wiener laptop and everything else. And it's like they went to lunch break, they came back, and it was hysterics. It was, you know, Nazi Germany, um, you know, Tiananmen Square. It was it was like internment camps and ripping babies from their parents' arms and. Every Democrat that spoke after that lunch break was just all about this immigration story. And the rhetoric was, was evil. They were basically demonizing, um, Kirsten Nielsen, um, saying she didn't have a heart, uh, you know, dehumanizing people. Because if, if you are someone who follows this rhetoric and you're a member of the extreme left, which is now being made to look like the left, um, And you hear that there are actual, literal Nazis in offices in the government, and you believe that, and then you have Congress people dehumanizing those folks by, you know, saying how evil they are and how heartless they are and, you know, Sarah Sanders and all of them. Of course it's going to, you know, embrace people to act in the way that we're starting to see them act. I mean... We didn't see a media avalanche of coverage after Steve Scalise and other congressmen were shot on a, a football, a baseball field by a leftist progressive Bernie supporter. Um, and, and I think that this is what's causing so many people to kind of open their eyes to what's happening and the walk away movement. If you're feeling down and you're feeling upset, just do me a favor. Go to Twitter, go to Facebook. Look for hashtag Walk Away and watch some of these testimonials. It will change your month, year, whatever. It, it's amazing. It really is.
0: But, but by the way, um, your guest was supposed to be a guest on our show tonight, so um, thanks for that.
1: I'm sorry. I, 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 it's a really crazy story how it all happened. I, I,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we and folks, we spoke about this off air. It was kind of funny. Um but I, I'm 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 am just going we get the schedule worked out. So yeah. yeah.
1: He'll be back on. He's just he seems to be really, really like he the fact that he gave an interview to somebody like me, um, was really awesome. Like I see him doing a lot of independent media and stuff, and he's also doing Fox Business and, and you know, right. Laura Ingram and that's pretty cool. I, I, I think that I respect that a great deal. So and his reason for why was even better. I asked him. And he said if he can now, using whatever notoriety he's gotten, help some of these smaller podcasts and stuff to grow because of people going to look at him, then that's what he wants to do, and I thought that was great.
0: Uh, that's super, you know. Um, yeah, I'll just leave that alone, and I know John worked that out. But, uh, but folks, go to Tracy Bean's YouTube channel to watch the interview and to listen to the interview. Soak it in along with all of her YouTube, all of her videos. They're all good, and also follow her on Twitter. Tracy, did, did, well, before we move away from this walk-away
2: uh, issue, did you see the Huffington Post, the Washington Post? I believe the L.A. Times uh, may have all have done stories trying to equate the popularity of the walk-away movement to Russian Influence through Russian yeah. bots and others.
1: <laughs> what are your
2: thoughts on that? We
1: talked about that today, actually. Brendan's like, I w- wouldn't have come on this 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 show if you weren't a Russian bot. I thought you were a Russian bot, and I'm like, beep, boop, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's the same thing they did with the release the memo. It's it's really cra- like, it is crazy. Like, who believes this? People actually believe this stuff, though. That's the thing. I'm still. I know some. Well, I'm sorry. Listen, guys, if you're listening, if you're watching this show, just stop, take a breath, and do some research, okay? Because seriously, you're really being fooled. It's not what you think. <laughs> we're not bots. I'm a real person. We all have our own points of view about things and how we think about the world and what we believe politically. And we're not evil and we're not racist. And we're certainly not AI. Um I actually, there are people who've accused me of being a Russian bot on some Twitter threads and I'll say, wow, you know, they'll respond back and forth with you a couple times and then they'll call you a bot. And it's like, wow, you're taking the time out of your day to speak to a bot and insult a bot. That's pretty <laughs> sad. Like nothing after that. You know, it's, it's, I think they might be bot. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: ridiculous. That's a good and, point. You know, you, you can actually, um, there are ways to spot, uh, in, in my view, ways to spot bots. Um, or at least fake accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and and we go through and we get our share of comments as well. So it's, it's amazing. And it's it's amazing to see, by the way, too, how we are being censored when mm. we talk about this issue, you know, whether it's uh, uh, shadow banning or whether it's altering the numbers. We know how much bandwidth is going out of here. We know how much bandwidth is being but anyway, I'll just stop there. Um,
1: I've I've noticed the same thing lately with YouTube. For me, I um, you know, I went through like a serious sort of rough patch there, where like you guys spoke about in the beginning of the show, there was a lot of crazy, divisive lies going around, and and yeah. uh, it it was hard. I have to be honest, it really was hard because um, it's not true. None of it was true. So, so it was really really hard to get through um and keep. You know, keep your, keep the high ground. It's, it's easy to devolve into name calling and, 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 you know, doing all that stuff as well. Um, when you're being attacked so hard by people who have an ulterior motive, likely who are trying to cause a split in something beautiful that's growing. Um, and I've noticed ever, you know, not ever since then, but, um, I gained back like a bunch of subs that I had been stripped of. And then a couple days ago, all of a sudden I lost like, Two thousand subs, and then all of a sudden, I got like a thousand back. And you know, I'm used to having my videos with about eighty or ninety thousand views on them, and I'm getting like seventeen thousand views, twenty thousand views. Oh yeah. So that's why I'm moving to real video. Real video. It's Mike Adams.
2: Oh okay, well, great. And you know, uh, we deal with this too. This is just another. Uh, oh, I, 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 want, wait, do you want,
0: to, you want to talk about? Do you want I to want talk to, about
2: that? I want to go on, yeah to continue to talk about the. uh uh, alternative platforms out there, but this is just the way that they, Tracy, we've been dealing with this type of soft censorship for a long time. Just yesterday we were explaining how, uh, email communications from us to other people, text messages, are, are not, uh, getting, are not, uh, making their way to where they're supposed to be going. They're and, being and spammed and also, our phone being, too. Uh, I, I
0: found out today our phone is,
2: it's the same, same thing and people from other countries are unable to access our our YouTube videos saying uh this you know uh, video is not permitted in this country or this channel is not permitted mm. in this country same thing with the website so they're finding ways uh to i guess uh, you know oppress and suppress the content so you're going to see those reduction in numbers and sometimes you might have 100,000 views on a video but it might only say 10,000 on there that's um,
1: true i didn't think about it like that i have to say though all of these, like, little tricks that they're trying to keep us to shut up, they're not working. I have, um, joined forces, thankfully, and I'm blessed to have the opportunity to work with Your Voice America, uh, which, yourvoiceamerica.tv, um, and, you know, we all have to work together. Um, I, I will have a show on their platform. There's a lot of big news coming out from over there. Keep your eyes peeled there. Um, I can't really talk about more yet, but, um, it's, it's, we're taking over. You're not gonna stop us. I, I love it. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I, I, when you told me that off air today, your Voice America TV that you're going to be having. Yeah,
1: I'll have a show on on their um, on their website and stuff like that. Um,
0: that's great. Details
1: are details are still coming in, so we'll 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 wait on the rest of that. But that's, yeah, uh,
0: that's amazing. All right. Well, there there's a whole lot of things that happened today, and yeah. have been happening over the last couple of weeks. I don't know where you'd like to start. We, we had Alicia Powell on. Um, did you want to get into this news conference about Seth Rich, the murder two years ago today, the unsolved homicide? Do you want to get into, into any of that at all, or do you prefer to? I
1: will, I will, I will get into it on a very sort of a different, in a different way. Okay. Um, the second that I heard that Jack Berkman was going to be at this press conference, I almost, you know, I almost lost it because I've done a lot of work into him and well he I don't know him personally. I just know a bunch of oddities surrounding this man. Um he was apparently attacked, which I did a video on way back in the day. He was attacked by a gentleman that used to work with him who was a he asked the um witness Luke today on the phone about that attack. Um it was just very he he didn't quite frankly, didn't give credit where it was due, or didn't even, he took this witness as his own, and that's not the case. This witness was not his own. He just kind of jumped in. And I, to be honest, if I didn't, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but it almost seems like he did it to taint the whole thing and make it not what it was supposed to be.
0: But, by the way, folks, Tracy Beans and I watched the uh, press conference together today. Not in the same room. <laughs> not even in the same city, but we watched it together. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Dude, there was a lot wrong with, with, uh, wow. I, I did not watch
2: the whole press conference. I saw just, uh listened to just a few bits and pieces and I mostly read a lot of other people's comment comments and opinions on it. And from what I gathered, um, it was very, it, it seemed like this guy, uh, had too much information for, uh, what it was purported him to be, you know, he was supposed to be a witness and then it turns into, well, he didn't witness anything. He overheard something and then uh, it was just, uh, the whole I, thing was so well, weird. Yeah. I
1: think the problem, the problem is that, um, the problem is that Jack Berkman seems to have taken over the entire thing and didn't have any information because he hasn't been working with the team at America First Media that had the information and was working with this witness. And I only know that because I watched a periscope of Matt Couch, who's one of the people that runs America First Media, and this is what he was saying on the periscope. So. Why couldn't he get there? He was, he just got out of the hospital. He's been in the hospital, um, very sick for about two weeks. So he wasn't able to get down there. They sent Frank Whalen down in his place. Frank works with the team. He's, uh, 25 years NYPD homicide detective, um, very credible. Very credible guy. Knows what he's doing. Um So I think that the insertion of Jack Berkman is what did this. And I would just implore everybody, before jumping to conclusions and making judgments, um, given this first press conference, just I don't know what they're planning on doing after this, but I know this, that this isn't really the last thing that's going on. So just keep an open mind for a little bit longer.
2: Alicia Powell reported that, this uh, witness said he had testified to these same things he talked about at the press conference to the House Judiciary Committee, I believe she said. Yeah. Any yeah. Yeah. thoughts on that? I, th-
0: I think more than one, but the House, uh, I think House Intelligence Committee. Did he even hold hearings on this, or did, would that have come no. up in the...
2: Okay.
1: No. Um. From what I understand, it wasn't hearings. Um. From what I understand from from Matt's Twitter, and and he does, you know, he pretty much puts it out there straight for people, um... From what I read, it was, the, the witness didn't testify. It seemed like the testimony was provided to these committees by Matt's team, um, along with a bunch of other things. I don't know exactly what, but, um, I don't think he was physically there.
0: Okay. Testifying. okay. All, right. All right. So, so just if I'm understanding you correctly, the information that we heard today, um, despite, okay, that the message, not the messengers, or the lead messenger, but the message.
1: Mm-hmm. Should
0: we pay attention to it? Yes. Okay. So the information, hmm. Because what, I, just watching it myself, I'm thinking, okay, Rod Rosenstein, as, as, you know, before becoming, uh, in his position to the, where he is today, um, may have had some sort of involvement in this. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yes. I'm very careful about stuff like this. Um, I, you know, I just, I trust that these guys have done their due diligence and they would never, given, okay, first of all, they're under, they're being sued um, right. right now. Right. That would be a ridiculously unwise step to take if it weren't credible. Uh It would just be really an unwise thing to do. So there's that to think about. Um, and I don't think that, um... You know, this guy's been working, these witnesses, these people that, that the team has been talking about, from my understanding, have been working with America First Media for a good six months or so. Um, so it's not like they just showed up on the scene. Um, and then again, this is all coming from the Periscope that I watched okay. today. So, um, I, I, I don't have any reason to think that this isn't real. There, there, I know there's a lot of, um, people out there that are like iffy about it. That's fine. Stay iffy about everything until there's something solid, but just don't write it off so soon. That's all I'll say. I, I don't think you
0: should so, write it off. So, uh, okay, soon. and is, it's my understanding that that uh, Seth Rich could have been the, the leaker of the DNC server information as opposed to the Russian hack, and this is why it's so important for those people not really. I mean, this is kind of being a one-on-one uh, lesson here, or the first lesson. Is, is that the case where Seth Rich could have been, the leaker of information, like taking a USB, putting it in a server, downloading some information, taking it out, and then
1: whatever with it. I was unclear. The problem is, let's be honest. I was unclear about that because Jack Berkman wouldn't stop interrupting this witness. <laughs> um, every time he was trying to have a, you know, answer a question or make a statement. Jack Berkman would jump in and interrupt him. It was just very odd. It was really, really weird. And, um, I, I wasn't able to, to, and the audio was really bad technical difficulties. Fine. That, that happened, you know, but there, there, there just wasn't enough for me to like grab onto. So I'm hoping that Matt and team think about this a little bit and maybe release something, um, personally that is longer, that is more complete, that is, you know, answers more questions. Right.
0: Not, not yeah. enough, and not enough there, but folks, keep your eyes open on this. There, there's some smoke here, so let's just. Look that's at my
1: this. opinion. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Alright, and yeah, that's fair enough. Because, yeah, we, we I, I felt, and you know, there's a, underwhelmed by what I heard. However, there's some nuggets there that make you think. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, don't want to write it off or write anything off uh, at at the moment because we live in some strange yeah. times, that's for sure. Um, okay, no, I, I got a, a question, you know, Tracy. Uh,
2: kind of switching gears here. We've seen that both Strauch and now Page, Lisa Page, have been subpoenaed uh, to appear before uh, some of the committees, the Congressional Oversight Committee. Uh, I think that is for, set for Thursday. And I saw reports today. Wednesday and Thursday. Even, even the president from Air Force One tweeted that it's a disgrace. They're getting cold feet. Uh, but I, I guess a procedural question. Are they able to refuse this subpoena without any consequences if they uh, choose not to go?
1: Not technically. They shouldn't be able to. Yeah, in um, theory, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you see it happen all the time. But, um. Not technically. And I think it's interesting what a lot of people aren't picking up on is that the fact that they're able to now testify, what has it been since those text messages were first found or made public? It's been a really long time. Now all of a sudden they're clear to testify. Hmm. I wonder why. Maybe it's because Hoover is done with them.
0: See. Okay. And, and this is why I like Tracy Beans, Tracy Beans YouTube and as well as Twitter. Um, yeah, let's let's talk. I mean, we we've got uh, um, this just so people. Oh, I don't have it on here. It's uh, day five hundred and thirty-nine, I believe, of the Donald Trump presidency. Four hundred and thirty-sixth day of the special counsel, Mueller special counsel. I'm close, if not right on. Um, and no, no Russian collusion found yet. No arrest for Russian collusion related to Donald Trump. Manafort, thirteen uh, Russian companies, some others, General Flynn, but that's for you know the parking ticket of uh, of federal offenses. So, what are we looking at here? Uh, and uh, the hearings at the Wazoo, congressional hearings at the you know at the Ying Yang, but nothing's being done. There, so it seems. So I, I turn to you and I say, "What's you know what's going on?"
1: Well, let's, let's talk about this for a second, okay? Because while it seems to, on the surface like nothing's going on, let's think back to Friday where we got that John Solomon piece. Um, brilliant pretty, piece, by the way. I mean, it was, it was, that was a big deal. There aren't enough people talking about it, to be honest. Inside that piece, we learned now this stuff is leaking now, which means that either John Solomon has a source inside Capitol on the Hill someplace that's giving him this stuff, and the reason why they're getting... The reason why John Solomon's getting the information is because it's being leaked by someone on the Hill because the FBI is now providing that to them. So it means that there's an information share now being provided from the FBI to the congresspeople, Devin Nunez's of the world, Adam Schiff's of the world, the committees, etc. The reason why I still maintain that that was held back for so long is because it was being used in the um, investigation that Hoover is doing. And obviously, if things like that are being used for grand jury purposes, etc., they're not going to be available to be doled out to Congress if they're involved in an ongoing criminal investigation. Um, that's true. That's, what, that's, what I, that's why I believe there was such a long... I think everybody's got a role to play, right, Doug? Like, not everybody knows what's going on 100%. So like there's, I feel like there are different tiers. Like Jim Jordan may not know as much as Devin Nunez knows and Matt Gates may not know as much as Jim Jordan knows. And so, and Judicial Watch might not know as much as any of them. You know what I mean? Who knows? You know, but I think everybody acts off of their l- level of knowledge that they've got. Um, so the hysteria about. Documents taking so long and, and, you know, the, the show of the subpoena. Do you think that that is really th- that they're, they're basically threatening to subpoena and impeach Rod Rosenstein because he's not providing documents quick enough? Or do you think they're trying to keep the public fired up enough to keep the passion going to keep this investigation into what the bad guys did rolling forward? Um, so there's so many different angles that you can really look at this from. Uh, but the John Solomon article proves that we're learning a lot more, and and a lot more is going to be made public very soon. There were four investigations going on into Russian collusion during this time period. Did Peter Strzok run them all, just one? The FISA, you know, warrants that they were were speaking about was Manafort. Paul Sperry reported today that Manafort was the target of a FISA warrant. Um, Is that the FISA warrant that Rosenstein signed when he was, you know, in July of 2017? Um, you know, he testified to Matt Gates that what the media was reporting was inside of that FISA warrant wasn't exactly what he remembers being inside of it. So there's a lot they can't say publicly. Um, and I think that's also a big reason why Donald Trump is not just declassifying everything, because he could do that. And he's proven that he will do that, as he did it with the memo. So that's just my opinion. All right.
0: By the way, folks, and those of those of you watching, here is the John Solomon piece you probably can't see it. It, um, it's, it's again from the Hill. It's dated, uh, when is this? It was from last week. Uh, memos detail FBI's hurry the F up pressure to probe a Trump campaign. That's the title. And, and you're right. Four, four separate investigations. Crossfire hurricane, crossfire FISA. <laughs> Operation Dragon, and then a fourth unknown. So where's you know?
1: Where'd you get Crossfire FISA from? Uh,
0: I think it's I think it's buried in here, in this. Um, if if not, there was a reference to it by. Um. I don't think it was Jordan. I think it was. Good lot.
1: Oh gosh, I have to find that.
0: Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. In one email exchange with the subject line, Crossfire FISA. This is on page. Ah. Uh, okay. Page Got two. It. Yep. Struck and uh, Lisa Page discussed talking points, uh, to get then FBI de- de- Deputy Director Andrew McCabe to persuade a high-ranking DOJ official to sign off on the warrant.
1: I think that that just means, and it could mean anything, but I think that that might just mean that it was a FISA for Crossfire.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you there. Okay.
1: But it might be, I mean, if that's the name of an investigation, that would be kind of crazy. I, I don't put it past, then that's for sure. Um, you know, another thing we can talk about while um, with you guys, I, I'm just going to pull up my Twitter really quickly. Um, it's a thread that I did. Um, this is why crowdsourcing works really, really well a lot of the time. There's a thread. Um, a patron of mine, God bless all of my patrons, they're amazing, um, found the, this text message from Peter Struck to Lisa Page on May 12th of 2016, and it says, sitting in CES with them overnight, writing the PSEU form, so it's ready tomorrow morning for Dana and George to sign. Dana is ready. And Dana is Dana Bente, and George is likely George Toskis. Um, now, what's interesting about this is what the PSEU does. The PSEU is the um, Office of Enforcement Operations Policy and Statutory Enforcement Unit, and what they do is they can offer advice and recommendations, etc., and give guidance on subpoenaing members of the news media um, to close judicial proceedings in criminal cases, to disclose grand jury material to local law enforcement, to grant S non-immigrant status to eligible alien cooperators, and... They do a bunch of other little things, but that's what they mainly do. And so the first bullet point really stuck out to me to subpoena members of the news media. Now, I did a lot of research into this, and the timeline makes sense. So it's, at this point it's really just a theory, but it's one backed by a lot of um, coincidences. Um, basically, there's a statute, usually when you subpoena a member of the media, you need to have that signed off, that request signed off by the Attorney General. There are very certain there are very few circumstances where that's not required. And because we know that this P E S E U form that Strzok is talking about is referencing Dana Bente and George Toskis, they're not they're not the attorney general, right? It would have been a Laura Lynch at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um basically if if you're going to talk to someone um in the media who about something that's not news gathering. So something that's not being used as a news-gathering operation. You don't need to get the sign-off of the Attorney General. Um, Christopher Steele was hired by Glenn Simpson right around this time in May of 2016. Um, A month prior, the 702 query access was taken away from contractors. Um, Coincidentally, Fusion GPS had started working in April with the DNC um, to do the whole dossier thing. My, uh, my theory, which is kind of like gaining a little more traction over the past couple days, is that in order to get around all of the noise, Peter Strzok subpoenaed, or possibly subpoenaed, Glenn Simpson as a conduit to get the dossier information into the FBI. Does that make sense?
0: Okay. But using... Okay, but using the, the, okay, yes, it does, but hold that thought because folks, hang on now, now follow this real carefully because this is where it gets really interesting. Yes, but isn't that the information? Okay, wait. Struck subpoenaed Simpson. Is it what you're saying, right?
1: That's what I'm asserting happened. I don't okay. know for sure. Okay. I have a quote from Simpson to back it up too, so
0: okay now, but for the reason the only reason I can think of would be to um, would be to get the already leaked information
1: mm-hmm.
0: into the evidence files of the f b i
1: circular yes. With the media as a basically a tool, right, to, to do just that, yes.
0: Okay, all right, and and folks follow this because, look, Lou Dobbs talks about this and, and Hannity and all the, um, but 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 not to, not at this depth. So okay. Which would mean now? Don't forget we had Glenn Simpson, um, Mary Jacoby, which is Simpson's wife, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Mary Jacoby visits the White House a whole bunch of times under Obama. Glenn Simpson founds Fusion GPS with Thomas Caton, and I'm trying to remember the other guy. Uh, All three from the Wall Street Journal, just to give give everyone kind of the the players list here. Um, you had Laura Lynch as the the AG, Attorney General, and Bruce Orr, who was number four at at the Attorney General's office. Bruce Orr's wife is working for Fusion GPS over here, <laughs> just kind of putting the players in place here. Yep. Okay. And Struck and pa- Struck is under uh, Comey at the time. Pre-step. Or pre-step, right? Because he's working the counterintelligence side of the FBI as opposed to the criminal side. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Page is working at the Department of Justice as a lawyer, right?
1: Special counsel to McCabe.
0: Special counsel to McCabe, who McCabe at that time was.
1: Deputy Attorney General. Okay. I Uh, believe.
0: Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're 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 putting the people in place here. All right. McCabe, uh, Deputy FBI Director.
1: It's very complicated. You're
0: right. You're right. Deputy FBI Director. Oh, that's
1: right. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Sorry. I don't have my notes in front of me, and and you need the scorecards for this. Um,
1: Thanks,
0: Joe. You okay. need whiteboards. You need the the big chalkboards, you know, like uh, the, the uh,
2: organized crime divisions, uh, how they have, you know, uh, breaking down cartels or, or mafia crime syndicates, putting the the picture of the leader <laughs> at the top, and then, you know, spider-branching well, out the
0: the rest of the, the
1: conspiracy. Cons- we're just conspiracy theorists.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. This episode brought to you by CBS Ibuprofen.
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean,
0: see, this is one thing that that bothers me, Tracy. We
2: see uh, Jeff Sessions nowhere to be found. It seems uh, I'm pretty much convinced that uh, he has much more to do with this uh, Russian witch hunt against President Trump uh, than anything else. And, you know, we see these people still employed at the DOJ, the FBI. A few people have lost their jobs, and that has been the extent of the swamp draining. And I don't expect President Trump to do it on his own but he there should be some uh you know veteran loyalist FBI and DOJ loyalist loyal to the constitution to to the oath they took not to you know the liberal satanic ideology and and would step in and and help uh you know clear out the corruption from these institutions but they don't seem to care or they're being silenced and, and oppressed themselves but the and I know we should be patient but the lack of action on uh, the criminal conspiracies against president trump that that can be proven is sickening to me while the the narrative on the fake uh, russia witch hunt investigation continues to be given credibility in the news media
1: I watched a documentary this morning that a good friend of mine recommended that I watch, and it was about congressman neil gallagher and i don 't know if you guys know the story of Neil Gallagher at all, um, but he was a congressman, and he He was a good friend of John F. Kennedy, and he was a Democrat from New Jersey, and he was a staunch supporter of civil liberties, and he was basically gone after hard by the Hoover FBI. Um, It's disgusting. The story is just disgusting. The criminality that was going on back then, the way Hoover basically ran the FBI, and Congress were afraid of him. And they basically bugged all of Congress's offices and they had bugs everywhere and they were spying on people and they were planting fake stories in the media to try and make people, you know, look bad and and make them lose their reelection campaigns if they started speaking up. This is the gentleman that introduced the the legislation for FOIA, um, a Democrat from New Jersey. Um, And it, it was going on way back then. And people were afraid to stand up and stop it. And, and you know, that's part of the reason why the, stat, the, the term limit went in on the FBI director, was to stop that kind of corruption, that long-reigning corruption at these just, at the Justice Department. Something has to give, because this isn't something that just happened, you know, this election cycle. This has been going on for decades and decades since, you know, JFK was when this gentleman started learning about it, but who knows what was going on, you know, it, it, it's What my question is, though, everybody is frustrated that nothing's being done, that nobody's going to jail. I want to know what what people would like to do because we're going to need to do something if, you know, if November rolls around and we don't have any arrests or December or whatever the time limit that people impose is, we're going to need to do something. If, if there's an organized effort to do something, is everybody going to be in on, on doing it? Or <laughs> is it going to be a case of, oh, I can't that weekend. I have, you know, my brother's cousin's football game. Or because if nobody's willing to do something, then complaining about it isn't going to help. So we need to be ready.
0: Four guys in the pickup truck with, uh, you know, with with, uh, with some arms showing up. Yeah. Or pitchforks and torches. Yeah, I get, I get this. Um, that, that's a difficult... I mean, that... But there it is. That's really the the crux of it, isn't it? I mean...
1: We hope that these... Insta- we hope that there are good... We know that there are good people doing the right thing. We know that there are... And look what they do to them. Look what they do to Jim Jordan. Disgusting. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, if you don't mind, Joe and, and uh, Tracy... Um this whole Jim Jordan thing just bothers the hell out of me. Obviously his nephew involved in that that motor vehicle accident, a car accident. Was it a car accident? Look, I don't know. But it's awful. It, it, it's it, that and of course the the smear campaign against him and and the threats by uh, and the threats. uh Rosenstein and Yeah, what do you make of this? Um
1: it pisses me off. Thank you. Um this poor man like you could see the interview he did, I think it was with Brett Bear. You could see how hard this is for him and just to see like what people have to go through just to do the right thing. Um, it's just all too coincidental. The fact that mainstream people are talking about this poor nephew of his that that passed away in this accident possibly being part of a conspiracy should tell you all you need to know about the current state of affairs here um, I I just we need to support these people and be very vocal about supporting them they need to feel the American people behind them they, these are the, the, the people with the courage to step up and actually ask the hard questions do the right thing look for the truth uh, appreciate the constitution um care about this country our liberties you know a, a rogue justice system you know corrupt seventh floor uh, basically treason of the highest order against the most free and beautiful country in the united in the world the united states of america these are people that we put in office to hold this responsibility close to their heart for us on behalf of us and we need to be there to support them when they go through such disgusting horrible attacks from people who are like quite literally crazy. I'm sorry. I, I mean there's yep. nothing else you can say. They're crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's horrible.
0: Boy, I I love that song, but I, I, I I'll be playing that that song by Yeah, indeed. Um and in, in another story here that I I saw today
2: is that I believe this is the third time now that the Flynn sentencing has been yeah. delayed
0: yeah I saw your tw- tweet on that too,
2: and uh, yeah, I know you've been following that from the beginning has your uh has your thoughts or your take changed on the reason for the delays, or do you think they're trying to figure out the situation with the doctor three oh twos before they uh, I, you know go through yeah. with this
1: yeah, I have to believe that that's the case, but it, it you know from a couple of folks that I talked to were kind of here you know they're kind of under the impression that he didn't receive the exculpatory evidence um I don't know what's going on. I think that, um, they just really want to, I mean, at least from what was reported today, General Flynn really just wants to get this over with. Um, and I can't blame him for that, to be honest. Uh, I don't, I don't know what, why they've been postponing this. I mean, the guy, he, he pled guilty. It's not like there's needs to be a trial or, he pled guilty like why is it taking so long for them to set a date to sentence him for yeah, pleading guilty and
0: just to be clear he pled guilty to violation one violation of usc section 1001 which is lying uh, to the federal authorities which is the equivalent of a parking ticket yeah okay and, and it's it's ridiculous but the fact is they what they said just to be clear what they what they told general Flynn, who i believe is is a patriot um, they said, if you don't, if you don't plead guilty to this, we're going to involve you. We're, we're going to take down your son. We're going to, we're going to do everything in our power just to make your life miserable. Yeah. Plus, bankrupt you. And of course, I
1: love, I love Michael Flynn Jr. <laughs>
0: he's so awesome. He, he likes you too, a lot. Loves you, <laughs> believe me.
1: He's, he's, he's awesome. I mean, fearless, fearless. Yep. You know, given the situation that he's in, I, I find it, a breath of fresh air that he is so free. He doesn't self-censor. He doesn't worry. He just puts it out there. Same thing with, uh, Don Jr. I love him too.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, we, we have some great people. Joe, I didn't, I over-talked to you again. Um, with respect to We were to just, to
2: just, uh, talking what? about Flynn and, and, uh, you know, this, I guess the, Another interesting note is the Mueller investigation. We haven't, with, with all the focus really being turned around on the heads of the FBI and DOJ and on the Strauch and Page, Mueller's kind of been in the in the background, and uh, we, we haven't seen much about his investigation really since before the IG report came out, except some, some figures as far as how much it's cost. And uh, I believe it's like $16 million. It was $9 million and then $7 million, uh, uh as the DOJ as a whole. But you know the uh, testimony from from Ray and Rosenstein, the arrogance that uh you could that that was coming off, especially from Rosenstein, and the, what questions they chose to answer or not. I'm really yeah. anticipating uh, these subpoenas from Struckman
0: Tracy. What was this when uh, <laughs> uh, when Rosenstein was answering? Did he's
1: you... a bouncy little guy, isn't he?
4: <laughs> what the?
0: Heck? I
2: know people <laughs> like Look,
4: that,
0: angry people like that.
1: Yeah, and I didn't like that he was. Um, Up behind the dais, um, like schmoozing it up with everybody during that break. I live tweeted that entire hearing. Um, It was... I just don't... I don't know. Listen, this is my thought on him. I think that he... I think that he... um, I think that he has a dual purpose right now. He may be going after some bad guys, but I don't know that I trust him at all. And to be honest... I don't like Christopher Ray, and oh, no. I'm sorry. I don't you. know what it is about him. I just don't like him.
2: He seems smug. Uh, yeah, just the you know watching the, that press conference or the uh, the hearings, watching those two testify and answer questions, and watching their uh, body language and the way they answered and the tone that they answered, and it just left a very bad taste in my mouth. As I mean, I never liked Rosenstein or trusted Rosenstein. I didn't know that much about Ray. But after watching those hearings, I like them even less. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot more the American people don't know about those two that uh, probably would, would, uh, they'd be very surprised. Rosenstein needs
0: a chin. That's all I got to say. He needs
2: to be incarcerated. uh, (laughs) But Jeff Sessions, uh, we've been talking about this for uh, almost a year now. Uh, You know, his recusal, the. Uh, his involvement in, in the Attorney General's office, it seemed like, uh, coming from that hearing, Rod Rosenstein is running the, the, uh, uh the DOJ, not Jeff Sessions. It seems like Jeff Sessions has recused himself from any type of political or <laughs> legal situation in D.C., uh, or nationwide. He's just nowhere to be found, really. And Rod Good. Rosenstein is the DOJ now, it seems. So, Good. So- I'd
1: rather, I'd rather Jeff Sessions be working on the, like, eight other investigations that are going on behind the scenes and not talking to the media about them than, you know, showboating around at hearings stuff. You think
2: that's that's what he's doing, that he's working on? We know that there's the investigation into the leakers uh, that's been ongoing.
1: Which is massive, massive. Um, There's the investigation into the leakers. There's the investigation into the Clinton Foundation. There's the investigation into Uranium One. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's just we don't hear about it, which is a good thing. That's a good thing that we don't hear about it, because the last thing we need is this stuff leaking out all over the place. God only knows what they're doing. I want it to stay that way. I don't want to know what they're doing until I all of a sudden there's a press conference and there are indictments on somebody. Um, you know, he's going after Ms. 13. There's a massive push there. There's a lot going on. Rosenstein was talking about this because it in it involved the FISA. Um, and the FISA is tied into the special counsel in Russia. So that's why Rosenstein was the, I say his name different every time I say it. <laughs> every time, but I don't care. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the reason why he was there and not. Not Sessions.
2: Okay. Um, and, and lastly, on this, on this whole Russia investigation, we see that, uh, Michael Cohen is under criminal investigation, part of the, the Mueller probe. Any thoughts on there? You're you're seeing a lot of uh, anonymous sources saying, "Oh, he's flipped. He's you know turning information and and turning on the president." You know the same talking point that we've seen for the last year and a half. Oh, the president's going to be indicted sooner than later. Uh, What's going on with Cohen? Is he facing uh, personal criminal uh, charges uh, and a real uh, possibility of him going to jail? And uh, if at all, what does this mean for the president?
1: I've gone back and forth with Cohen and what his deal is. Given his ties to Felix Sater um, and given some of the pictures that I've seen of him lately with some people that you wouldn't expect him to be, like, yeah. fraternizing with. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I called it back in April that there is a good chance that Cohen isn't really a good guy. And I just want to point out for people that don't realize this. Apparently, Trump told Cohen he would have a cabinet position. Cohen left the Trump organization in January right before the inauguration and then was not picked for a cabinet position and wasn't hired back.
0: Interesting. Okay, what is that what does that tell you, do you think? I mean, if any anyway. I think
1: that they knew that that there was problem. I mean, you know, Cohen was being investigated by Mueller because he was responsible for or he received and worked on with Like, he worked with Sater, right. Felix Sater, the crazy... Oh, I hear me. I
0: can't believe... Come on. really. <laughs> okay. we
2: had like five minutes.
0: Well, uh, we know that, folks, uh, Tracy's got such a busy schedule. Tracy, thank you so much. Safe I mean, travel. this was such a great interview. I, I really yeah, enjoyed it a lot.
1: I like the music, though. Thanks, guys, well, for having me. We'll talk very soon. God
0: thank God you, Tracy. You. All right. She, she's my favorite. She, she, she's, she's a... She's a doll. She's just a great lady, and she gets to the she, folks. YouTube channel, Twitter. I can't talk. Go on. Standaleo is coming up right after this. Don't go anywhere. This is like the Hagman Report for today. It's the 10th day of July 2018. It's amazing, isn't it? It's July 10th. Uh, wow. Okay. And again, what happened in 1978? That's, that's my go-to phrase. But what happened in the summer? Um, it's it's almost, the year's almost, well, the year's over, half over. Anyway, um, I, I want to say this. In, in, when Craig Sawyer was on, what we didn't mention, and what you don't know, is this. Craig Sawyer was boots on the ground. Well, you you know the soccer team, the Thai soccer team that was rescued? It's all over the news. He was boots on the ground there. Craig rerouted his flight home to Arizona, and flew directly to the site of the rescue. He immediately uh, hooked up with the uh, U.S. Air Force Combat Air Controller and the TIE SEAL team. Did you know that? No, you probably didn't. Uh, because he didn't tell you. And this is something that tomorrow he's going to check in with us and uh, give us a, a situation or sit rep on this. But he was present as an advisor having served, of course, as a uh, a SEAL team member and such. But here's what Craig told John. I was there to do anything um, I was I was there to do anything that it was going to take to get those kids out and that including humping supplies and bags of ice off of trucks we did whatever it took but all credit goes to the Thai SEALs and the civilian technical divers at the end of the day we gave glory to God for the miracle this of course Craig Sawyer saw men boots on the ground at that rescue of the soccer team in Thailand and Craig and our producer just spoke uh when when we, when he went off air. So uh, Craig's gonna be with us uh just to fill us in on that for a few minutes tomorrow night. So make sure you tune in tomorrow night, Joe. Awesome. And we have with us our
2: regular Tuesday guest in the third hour, uh Standale. Go to Standeo dot com, bookmark his website, and then check his show images page uh regularly. And when he comes on he uh puts the latest research and, and information that he has, uh, wants to talk about on the show up there, so that's how we follow along. Stan, it's great to have you back on the show.
5: Once again, we're here together. Good to be here.
2: Well, it's, it's great to have you. We uh, uh, covered a lot of ground tonight. We, we've had uh, three guests on already, and I think we've covered just about every topic that's been in the news over the last three weeks. But where do you want to start tonight? I know we, we spoke earlier, you had uh, uh, your interest uh, in a piece on... Uh, Something with Bob Cornuke that he's doing, and uh, I'm also reading an article on your site that I find very interesting about the Vatican, former Vatican Bank chief, about the New World Order and the influence they have on the decline of the West and the Catholic Church.
5: Yes, actually, that article is probably uh, a good place to start uh, when you have a guy of that rank from the Vatican, you know, from the Vatican Bank, telling that the the destabilization of uh, various nations by forcing these migrations across borders is all in an effort to uh make the the need, in quotes, for a world government uh you know, come to the forefront and be on everybody's lips. Uh, but certainly when somebody of that rank, that position, tells you that he's talking about the deep state and the conspiracy in the one world government, I think you have to listen. I mean he's infinitely qualified to be telling you what's happening from a financial and from a religious point of view. So that's why I put that article up there. Uh, It's what he says in here.
2: Yeah, there's some very interesting quotes. He says that uh, reoccurring themes of the present papacy are poverty, immigration, and the environment, and we are led to believe that these are caused by the greed of bankers, war, and men, the cancer of nature, he said, but this is fake news. And But he also says that uh, what they wanted to do to uh, destabilize the nations and create economic and social catastrophes meant to persuade people around the world to accept a global political vision that would eliminate national sovereignty and institute Gnostic environmentalism and universal religion. And that is, uh, you know, that lines right up with the end times Bible prophecy of a one-world government, uh, monetary, and religious system.
5: You know... Um, back in 1976-77 when I was in Australia the uh, Catholic Church at that time was handing out uh, color pamphlets that are about, well, about that wide about that tall, three or four pages deep and these were uh, inviting people to attend the global conference of the uh, Arabic, or sorry, the Muslim Catholic and various other faiths together to form a discussion group about making a one world religion uh, you know in 1977 give me a break that was so long ago it's incredible uh, that they were planning this at at a Catholic church level Um, and now of course we've got a a Jesuit uh, Pope which they are the activists of the Catholic church always have been uh, the ones that make war on those that don't conform to the Catholic way of doing things and this is a concern um But it's it's been in the works openly for that long, and people still kind of slumber through it, like you know the old adage about the frogs in a a pot, uh, you bring it to a boil slowly, they never realize until it's too late, and they're trapped and cooked, and it's done. And that's where we are now, with the world falling apart. And numerous times, numerous times on many shows, I've uh, addressed the point that when you have the five or six major crisis curves that occur in human history, all occurring together, then the people of Earth, with our modern communications, will be crying out for someone to solve the problems. You know, to bring peace to the Earth and safety, of course. So peace and safety. Um, you know, uh, about the only thing missing at the moment is a great pandemic of some disease across the planet to frighten people. I mean, there are there are some epidemics here and there, but nothing on a global basis yet. But we have weather. We have asteroid impact. In fact, there's one I show up here on the site today that skimmed through the atmosphere over 10 states in the last couple of days. Um, we have the threat of nuclear war. Um, you know, we have weather catastrophes. I mean, weather changes that are more like climate changes. I'm seeing things, I'm sure you, you guys are too, where birds are not mating at the right time, where uh, trees aren't blossoming at the right time, and plants are growing, stunted growth here anyway. Some places are really dry Where you are, Greece it's really wet But all these extremes of these crisis curves The overpopulation And, uh, uh, you know, I, I just I see all these things coming to a head Just like I thought they would To lay the groundwork for people of the planet To say, someone give us peace and safety And uh, the only person or group of people That could do this, in my opinion uh, is a group that has no religious uh um, connections no religious uh, baggage uh no political baggage no ethnic baggage in fact they are from off the planet or appear to be and this is this great deception that will fool the whole world in my opinion and I think it's a satanic deception that's been laid in place and been fueled and, and prepared for probably the last 70 or 80 years all this UFO business is part of that and so with this new millennial generation uh, on the earth, uh, especially the United States and Europe, these these young people just don't have the depth of history to understand what they're being prepared for, and so they're going to be kind of la 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 sipping their, you know, coffee latte or whatever, and be taken in by this great deception to solve planet Earth and let them play their games and relax and, and party. Um, I, I just. I marvel that people have not been able to see this in their generation.
0: My goodness, so Stan, it, it, look, look, you, you look at the videos. Uh, half of these people—they're incoherent. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I mean, you've got—you've got, you, you've got s- some of the most grotesque things I've ever seen. Um, women, naked women, screaming at something—I don't know what. Uh, people with their faces painted and marching and um you know just these these grotesque human creatures I just wonder what happened I mean he, it, just in the course of a couple of decades how how fast humanity has devolved and civility has, has, has gone it's just it's amazing to me but so yeah I can see where you get a whole bunch of people saying hey look at that you know and uh, being sucked into this
5: well they, they want the easy way out, don't they? Yeah. And, you know, give me the easy button. You see that on the TV ads, that big red button with white lettering. says, you know, easy. And that's what they all want and will certainly fall for the, the fake solution. It, it's again, like the, the movie, uh, V back in the seventies, uh, 77, I think it was. It, huh, interesting. It was that year, but anyway, in 77, the series V came out, um, about the uh, alien visit to earth. That was a peaceful one Meaning it's no harm And come to give us technology In exchange for seawater That they were short of And it was a lie But that great deception Is really, I think Coming to play very shortly Just things aren't bad enough yet We need to uh, to blow up a nuclear bomb Somewhere in the Middle East Or have a civil war in the United States Or something really massive To get people's attention All over the planet Not just in America And to me That would be uh, a political, like, warfare, an economic threat, a collapse of the world economy, um, the engagement of various superpowers in the Middle East or, or in Korea, wherever, uh, taking us to the doorstep of world annihilation. And that will get everybody's attention, no matter what kind of latte they're drinking. Um, you know, and at that moment is when decision time comes whether they uh, will accept this this offer of help to solve the planet or whether they will follow the Bible and, re- and uh, refuse to join the New World Order and refuse to take the mark and basically put themselves into poverty, if they're still here. I mean, I, I'm one of those that hopes that the, the rapture comes before that, and for those of us that are aware of the coming situation, um, that we will be delivered from it. But uh, if not, well, I'll be there with the rest of you, trying to figure out how to not take the mark and exist.
2: Stan, when you, you mentioned uh, some of the changes in nature that you were seeing, and uh, you know, every year it seems, that especially the last few few years, we've uh, talked about this, where uh, you know we've gotten reports that leaves were developing on trees and much later uh, or earlier than we're supposed to, and uh, a lot of talk like this. You know, uh, bees aren't around as in as much prevalence; as almost they're, they're almost extinct. Uh, the honeybee, uh, and these different changes in nature, as you said, birds not migrating properly or not uh, uh, multiplying properly things growing out of time um see this is a something an observable change that that isn't because i see talk about this you know just about every season in, in springtime we see it in the fall time we see it why are the leaves changing colors so early why are they not changing colors uh you know this early but you're noticing observable actual changes that are uh outside of basically how nature works well yeah
5: i mean uh, we on our property here we have a lot of birds uh, some you know doves and and uh, smaller birds like the the sparrows and uh, the uh, the finches um, and uh, we watch them uh, mate and have uh, babies make nests around our place at a certain time of year we we watch when the uh, the quail uh, are mating when they have their their clutches um, but like we're we're here in the middle of summer now you know in July and they're still uh, making repeat nests and repeat mating and, and eggs. We've got four of them on our front door or on the screen door that are hatching right now, for, uh, small finches. And that, that nest has already had one family raised in it this year. Uh, wrong time of year. They they are as confused as uh, I think we are about what's happening. And our weather guys here in Denver and Colorado Springs, you know, basically throughout Colorado, uh, are... Their guesses and I've stretched guesses about the weather for tomorrow and the next day are getting even further off course than they normally would be um, it's just like they don't know how to, to, to read the weather that's happening it's changing so rapidly and doing things that are not normal uh, in in Japan what they've killed 200 people or lost 200 people to flooding yeah it's at least a 20- year you know uh, event you know how many 40 years yeah 40 years since that happened. Um, and and drought, boy. I mean, when I was in Tanzania, we saw the, the effects of drought there. We've got drought here where we live in Colorado, but over there, I mean, people are really parched, and, and they don't have you know uh, water companies to pipe in water to them in the main part anyway. They're trying to rectify that in some areas, but uh you can see that the, the ground is crispy, and their corn crops are not as big. You know, uh, you know the, the the produce is not as big as it used to be, or the number of plants. Here in our garden here for our rose bushes this year, Holly pointed out to me, what, two or three months ago, look, the leaves are are very tiny on our rose bushes, not the normal big green ones. And as time progressed over the last few months, a couple of the plants, the leaves started to get slightly bigger, but they're stunted. Our vegetables, you know, the, the, um, the peppers, the uh, tomatoes, uh, you know, these things out here in our garden are stunted. And it's because we've had so many days of heat up in the nineties to a hundred and, and over a hundred that we think that's happening. But it's still, that that has never happened to us in what well, twenty years since we've been here. And you've had so
2: heat waves uh, like this before, so maybe it's not the heat. It's something else uh, possibly.
5: Uh, well, we haven't had heat waves enduring that long. I mean, they would come maybe a week, seven or eight days, something like that. And you'd have a hundred to a hundred and ten, something like that, and that was. Like back in 2002, I think. Uh, but this has been prolonged. We're talking, you know, month type temperatures. Uh, and I just feel that the sun is responsible for it. It, uh, this, yeah, Holly just saying, she said there was no spring we went straight from, you know, yeah. winter into summer or something like that. That and happens so the here. First,
0: that, that, and, and that's, you know what, I'm saying? it's a good point because, um, I, when I was talking to my wife it, it, it went uh, to two things you're right it went from winter to summer no spring but it also feels like the um um how can I put this the the the, the months uh, um I, I okay um this this is July it should it's acting like it's May okay in certain respects. Right, right. Okay, so the calendar's off from the normal way of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I made sense. don't know if I made sense, but you know <laughs> what I mean.
5: What's in your coffee, my man? What's in your coffee? <laughs> it's not coffee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've no. wondered that on a number of shows, <laughs> other people's shows, yeah.
0: No, no, it yeah. is coffee, and as a matter of fact, uh, you can see. It's,
5: well, this is right. just... Water for me, you know,
2: Yeah, uh huh. Uh, but he won't, he won't let he won't let me drink on the show. I don't know why, but no, no, let,
0: no one, you know, it, this is, this is a dry area. It so is, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh,
5: you know, some other, some other changes. I, I, I will get to that thing I called Joe about, uh, as far as, uh, about Bob work, but, uh, while we're on the environment, the, um, on the show images page on image uh, 45. If you click on the image, it'll blow it up. You can click on the text below and read the article about it. But this shows the change in, um, you know, uh, the dose rate in radiation from off the planet. When you get up in a plane, this particular case from uh, Australia, I think it was near Brisbane, yeah, and fly over to Los Angeles, they kept a log because they were on the plane, these these passengers. Uh, with a device that measures, you know, the radiation count at levels. And when you get up to the altitude they were at, um, which is what, maybe uh, 25,000 to 30,000 feet, and then slightly up to 35,000 feet before they landed in Los Angeles, you see how the dosage of radiation increases. Now, this is, uh, the the amount of radiation they got as passengers was equal to about one dental X-ray of the head, Okay. A number of these, uh, you know, throughout your life is probably not a a great drama, but when you have it as a pilot or crew on these aircraft flying that, you're getting dosed every day, and these things are getting worse. The radiation penetration is worse because our magnetic field of the Earth is weakening. The ozone layer that protects us uh, and the ionospheric uh, layers uh, you know, above and below that are protecting us, but when that magnetic field finally goes to zero and switches through, We'll have zero protection. This graph you're looking at will be something you can take and record at ground level. This this produces cancers and all kinds of stuff. You know, quick time, quick time. But anyway, you can read that article and see about it. Well,
2: Stan, my Um, question is: uh, Has is this radiation something new, or has is this these types of levels always been uh, at these altitudes? And because if that's the case, you know, people who have been pilots for you know, 30, 40 years or whatever, uh, you know, we would, wouldn't we see the same type of health effects, uh, today as, from today's pilots as, as the ones from 50 years ago?
5: The levels vary depending upon things that, are even out of our solar system, like, uh, uh, you know, a nova exploding star out there and, or uh, gamma ray bursts that come from some event in deep space. They will arrive, you know, without notice because of traveling at speed of light. We don't know where they get here. Those kind of things boost the, the radiation coming from cosmic sources uh, a great deal. When you, um, you know, in World War II, for instance, my my dad was a uh, a pilot, and uh, he got in later life cancer, uh, you know, in between his eyes up here and on, on the side of his nose from being in the cockpit from the ultraviolet and you know, other radiation sources that hit him. But since 1992, we know the sun has been putting out increasing amounts and different frequencies in the UV band. Which are the ones we're talking about, the, the, the cancer-producing ones. Again, uh, I'm sure that you know pilots, uh, for, uh, you know, for as far as UV radiation, can protect themselves, you know, or their, their cockpits can be uh, shielded, uh, you know, from things on the glass in in front of them, things like that, or sunscreen. But it's the radiation, uh, like the nuclear radiation, the X-ray type stuff, that you got to worry about, and that seems to be increasing as well, because our ozone layer is weakening. The x-ray, uh, penetration is increasing and it's been very noticeable in the last 20 years, uh, getting exponentially more noticeable by year now. You know, we've talked about this before where the, the, uh, airstrips on certain, uh, airports in the south and southeast of the United States, like Florida there, they've had to realign their instruments, you know, several degrees because magnetic north is no longer magnetic north. It's weakening and drifting. Um, these are just, you know, Physical signs of these changes that we're seeing, um, and I don't know, but what a lot of the uh, pilots and stuff that have been exposed to this at high altitudes like that are not having uh, health problems because of it. Maybe not cancer, but something else. Very interesting. Yeah,
2: I mean it's uh, and what I think about this, looking at this, it also makes me wonder about you know the Van Allen belt and the radiation that's in space and the debate that people. Uh, uh I've been watching some of the debates of, of people who think the moon landing was fake versus those who say it was true and the the uh, one of the main points of debate there is the radiation through the Van Allen belt but yeah I mean if the uh what if any effect of things like uh, Chernobyl or Fukushima would would that just continue to increase the average radiation levels over the years and why haven't
0: we heard much more about Fukushima go ahead yeah
5: well, I don't know about you, but I've been hearing more about it in the underground news, not in the, the mm-hmm. mainstream media. One of the problems that they have is, uh, you know, if you tell people you can't eat fish in the Pacific now because it's just the radiation levels are just too high and there's big die offs, it's going to hurt industry, whether that's the truth or not. It's people are going to steer away from eating those foods that might be contaminated for a while anyway until they forget and go back. But, um, no, the, the Fukushima damage is. A clear and present day to the west coast of the United States and to Alaska and to the fishing industry that that example is really quite frightening when you think about it because we have over a hundred nuclear reactors in our country and that's a hundred times at least the Fukushima potential now our generators backup generators that work on our nuclear reactors to keep the coolant running and keep the, the thing from melting down May only have as much as 30 to 40 days worth of spare fuel should the grid go down. And if we have an EMP attack, you know, a nuclear EMP attack, that will kill the grid and our backup systems well, will have to <laughs> It really would. It really would. I mean, only, really only, really only one work. of them. Yeah. Only one of those uh, reactors has to go critical. And we've got a real problem. We've got a hundred potentials across the United States. This is why we've pushed so hard, you know, my partners and I, about uh, you know saving instrumentation, computers, uh, sensor devices, that kind of stuff, in your home, and in in saving the the backup power systems that people have, like you know solar, diesel, gasoline, wind. All these backup systems are going to be useless if the the system that converts that energy into electricity is cooked in an amp. So our, I mean, we were doing this for the systems we're developing for ourselves here at home. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the new ones here. That that standalone unit. Um, you know, you can we've we've added that so that people can take it with them and plug it into a wall socket in the motel wherever they are, or in a camping situation. And you can in this particular one here, you can hook up six devices immediately, plug them into it, plug it into the power supply. You know, and you're protected. But we're trying to figure out ways to help the survivors of what's coming to regroup together uh, possibly here at the eastern face of uh, of the Rockies and to use working backup power systems and working devices that that have been salvaged because people protected them to reconstruct a community here in the United States. We'll never be like we were or like we are now. It'll be a death wound to the country. There's no question about that. But to survive and to reestablish some technology here before the return of the good Lord these these are the things that we're trying to get people to do so that they don't have to die or be in misery before the Lord comes back and starts to set things correct
0: Um, I I gotta tell you 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 know you talk about EMPs and such um, my hope would be for example nuclear war I would just hope the the damn bomb fell right on my head because Hmm. you, you know just imagine what you, how, you, what you just described. Um, but, but for the, but, but I don't want to make light of this. I, re, I really don't. For what you d- described, folks, go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link to the EMP Shield and, um, shop and, and protect what you've got. This isn't a sales pitch to make money. This is a sales pitch to save what you've got to do your part. And you know, if we all do it, man, can we, we've got a chance. Um, as opposed to doing nothing. There it is on the right there. Just scroll yeah. down, you know, and, 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 um, Stan and his, I gotta tell you, what an incredible, I, I had an electrician in my home to, finally, one that thought like I think. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, he, he said, absolutely, it'll protect, you know, everything that, uh, everything that you've got in the studio as well. So. Thank you for doing that. So I just wanted to mention
5: that. Um, you know, thank you for that, Doug. I, we, uh, we've we already got uh, inquiries from the Homeland uh, Security, uh, you know, and we've got Air Force, the Army. We've got uh, uh, them all asking for sample units for testing on their bases and then the Defense Department. What you showed up on the screen is our uh, civilian version of the one that we designed for the military at their request. So if... If it's good enough For the military guys It's good enough for you And uh, They are rushing uh, To figure out How to adapt These things To various systems They've got now And I'm pretty sure From what we're talking With them They will even help us In the manufacturing To get it out quick enough uh, This is how important This is And with our sun Misbehaving like it is It is almost certain That we're going to be Exposed to a, a character type event Of a, a long wave EMP as well From the sun Um And, you know, we're selling these devices all over the world We've made it so that any power system on the world can use it And uh, that's that's an attempt to try to salvage technology So that we don't go back totally to the Stone Age When this hits the planet, either from the sun And we know that Revelation does say that uh, one-third of the planet will be cooked by the sun So that the two-thirds that survive still going to need power to reconstruct And to defend themselves so, yeah, and, and look at the thing about the Battle of Armageddon too. i have just this triggered a thought. Uh, when you're saying that you're using horses and wooden weapons in the Battle of Armageddon, why would they be having horses and carriages and you know wooden weapons unless the technology was useless? The tanks wouldn't work, the planes wouldn't fly. Sure. They go back to the old standby. Uh, I try to to understand these things and not gloss them over and saying, oh yeah. You know, they have a war, and if there war or something, and you know, that's the end of that. And but I, I look at the circumstance, and it, to me, it sounds like we've had a drop in technology. Yeah. Before that happens, It works
0: for me uh, in that interpretation. What was it Albert Einstein who said uh sticks and stones? Yeah, the, the yeah. fourth world war will be fought with sticks and stones, something or yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. something along that line. Uh, uh, yeah, go on.
0: I just want to ask you before I forget. Um I missed uh, I'm I'm behind on on certain programs. Can I ask y- you appeared on InfoWars Info yesterday. Um yep. was it about the, can we can we ask what what uh, did you talk about the EMP shield or
5: oh maybe 2 minutes or been on the Garden of Eden maybe 3 or 4 minutes. Um, okay. There were other news items that Alex wanted to cover and uh, he uh I'm just nosy. Well that's all right. No, he um didn't understand uh, I talked to him or, or sent emails To his director uh, Several months ago Explaining That he needed To tell his audience That we've got This thing out there And how to use it And I think He misunderstood He thought it was Some kind of a shield For electromagnetic waves Rather than High <laughs> voltage spikes <laughs> And uh, so on the show He you know It was obvious When I explained it to him He said Oh oh, you mean Oh right So we're going to Talk about that He said to Do another show About it later but the rest of it Was on world events okay. Um You know America's doomed That kind of thing America's like You know Modern Babylon And uh, there was No argument there we, uh, There were just So many things In the news To discuss That uh, these two items The Garden of Eden And the MP Shield Are You know We're shoving that Down the road A week or two Whenever we do The next show with him uh, But uh, I did compliment him On his, his new look With his beard I think it looks You know quite refined okay. have you, have
0: you okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. Alex and you and Joe of course late what's with the beards? Come on guys the only reason I agree er, er, Eric in the
2: studio what, about six months ago said you should grow a beard and I said you know what? <laughs> okay never tried one before, never tried to grow it. never cared uh, Stan, Stan,
0: it, it, Stan looks good on you I mean you, you're a guy that could wear a beard okay I mean you're you, Joe,
5: yeah. I don't know I don't know But I, I got to tell you the, the, the story behind the beard If that's it, if
0: Yeah uh, Sure uh,
5: Years ago uh, In Australia When I was on the run From uh, the governments That were trying to keep me From telling the secrets About our UFO stuff um, I was in the bush And in the bush uh, There's no point in shaving So The beard grew And uh, I crossed The Great Nullarbor uh, Desert With the companions I was traveling with And arrived in Perth On the west coast of Australia Um Started doing odd jobs and earning money, and finally got a job with a guy that had a camera shop. And computers that were, well, it was calculators in those days, electronic calculators. And I knew enough about them to, you know, sell a lot of them for him. And our customers were corporations, uh, mining companies, and banks, and large stuff like that. So, one day I forget why I got a wild hair and thought I'll shave off my beard. And the next day I came in to work. Some of my normal clients from the mining companies and stuff came in to ask me questions about some computing problems they had. And they looked at me like, oh, uh, you're right. Do you really know what you're talking about? You can see it in their face because I looked so young then. So I immediately started growing the beard back because the older look uh gave me more credibility with these uh, clients. And sales picked up again. So, you know, that's... What started it and after a while it just kind of became attached to the face.
1: That's
0: a pretty, pretty cool
5: story. (laughs) So, so it's true. It's absolutely true.
0: So so (laughs) it it kind of progressed from a, well, from a lack of hygiene because you were on the run. uh, uh, Okay. uh, To a disguise kind of because you were still on the run and then to what it is today. Interesting.
5: Yeah. And I did shave it off here. Last, uh, oh, I don't know, it was uh, November last year or something like that. Uh, I was going to shave it off so all the whiskers grew out the same length because I had some that were too short, too long. And I was, couldn't be bothered trying to find it out. So I thought I'll shave it all off, grow it all back again. That'll be nice. Holly, Holly looked at me and said, don't you ever shave that off again.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's right.
5: Even, even, even our dogs barked at me like a stranger. I was, no kidding. <laughs> so everybody voted. Grow the beard back. So there it is. <laughs> okay. I love it. Enough I love. It.
0: Beard. Yeah. Well, yeah. well th- you know what? Sometimes we need, we need some personalization <laughs> and some
5: levity. So there it is. All right. There, there is your levity for the day. Image 43. Now, this is, this is something ongoing and interesting. If you click on image 43, the picture there, I just uh, finished this two days ago, comparing the, the number of Richter 5 or above, no, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Richter 5 or above, earthquakes for the whole Earth. And you see here that they spiked. We had a bunch of them in, it looks like, in May, uh, all the way to yeah, about mid-May until the end of May. May we had a bunch of them. And that black line with the red arrow's point is what's called a trend line to show the average between all these things. And the average shows that now in the last month or so, we have dropped down even our peak has dropped down 21% from the norm so why are these Richter earthquakes these larger Richter 5 earthquakes why are they not occurring in the same numbers as normal to me that indicates that stresses must be building up around the planet in various places and not relieving which sets the stage for a big or several big earthquakes in the near future Uh, with this knowledge I would say that you should pay attention to the San Andreas fault and some of the West Coast faults. And if you live near a fault line that has periodic earthquakes, time to be sure you're prepared for an earthquake emergency in your area. This is definitely something that is happening. I, I don't know why.
2: That's pretty interesting because, uh, and I, I understand with listening to you talk about earthquakes and the science behind it, uh, for years now that why you would be concerned that a, a significant, uh, decrease over a period of a few months would be cause for concern. Because of what, how the Earth's energy is released through earthquakes and, uh, that the, the slowdown, as you said, could represent an actual buildup, uh, of this energy needing to be released and it, and it could release itself in much more explosive ways, uh, much larger earthquakes. And, uh, you know, that, that's a very real possibility. And with the volcanic activity we see, uh, I think they announced that there's a, uh, it was either a fault line or a volcano a volcano up near Boston or in the northeast somewhere that they just discovered uh, some some dormant uh, fault line well, or it's volcano under,
5: the, it, the, it's a magma pool for a super a volcano deep underneath uh, Virginia and surrounding states now their assessment of it is that uh, don't worry about it, uh, it's not going to come to the surface for millions of years but they're, they they have discovered that magma pool uh, big enough to be like another Yellowstone underneath those states but just not pushing up through the surface However, if something massive happens to shake the crust in that area, that pressure may release in the form of a volcano. It's interesting. The, the graph I made here of those Richter 5 or plus, I only used the earthquakes that occurred outside of Hawaii during that time because Hawaii accounted for 9.5% of some 400 and some earthquakes during that period of time. There were 38 Richter 5 or better earthquakes in Kilauea, well, that's been active and it's continuing to be active. So it was a hotspot of uh, quake activity, but not included in the average there because it would have skewed the average. So I just thought I'd bring that up here to clarify yeah, that.
2: That's interesting because I know the, er, the earthquake activity with the Hawaii volcano has just been uh, incredible. Uh, checking USGS, you know, at least once or twice a week, you see um just if you, you can zoom into these areas and it'll show you. And there's a, just a huge majority of those earthquakes are happening right in that, uh, little box of islands there, so.
5: Well, you know, I, last week when, when we were talking about Kilauea I had up the, the graph I produced then, which showed, um maybe 4,600 earthquakes, uh, from Richter 1 up, or in the Kilauea volcano and somewhere around the edges of it. And when you, filtered them out uh, some of the strong ones you could see it, it divided into two areas within the inside of the crater uh, now there are over 4,800 of those earthquakes that have occurred the total for the the last uh, almost two months now since about the 17th of May uh, that's an ongoing problem over there uh, where I was over in Tanzania if you look at slide 44 um, it um, you see where that white arrow is in the East African Rift That arrow goes right down on top of where we were staying, there in the N'Goro Plateau. And the East African Rift is now lengthening and becoming active. That's what they're saying in this article, that uh, there are now concerns for the Great East African Rift to cause a lot of earthquake damage in that area, all the way down those white lines, and particularly the one that goes out to the right and down to that red spot at Comoros uh, Island Group there. Um, in fact, before we went, there was a Richter four or five just to the left of the line underneath that, the tip of that white arrow. And that that area there is another interesting thing too. If you look at that body of water right there, uh, under the white arrow and to the left of it, that dark body of water, that's called Lake Victoria. And if you look around it, you will see white lines showing fault lines that are in a kind of egg shape. Mm-hmm. To me. This looks like an old um, comet impact zone, where the water went underground there, where it melted, and you got the Lake Victoria. But you've also got a lot of impacted water volume underneath the dirt, and that's why, in the Garden of Eden, in the descriptions of it, the Bible said the water came up out of the land of Eden, which is inside uh, that white line. looks like an egg shape, up into the Ngoro plateau and erupted as a huge fountain. The water for that and the, the underground temperature and pressure must have come from that impact that stored all that water down there and, and of course the heat and the magma forced it up through as a, a warm water uh, fountain which of course we, we discovered it's called Konana but anyway that I'm going to look more at that whole area there because it does look to me like there was an ancient impact right there and it was a snowball you know one of the comets with a lot of water um, and that's weakened the crust in that area and in the great East African rift that uh, starts in that area Runs It's the longest tear and rip uh, Fault If you wish In the Earth's crust anywhere It runs all the way up into the Mediterranean Or right to the edge of the Mediterranean there Through the uh, uh, Jordan River Valley Anyway Everywhere's got problems And we're seeing changes in geophysics And in the weather And this is just another example of that
2: Yeah Very interesting And uh yeah, I've never, uh, Victoria Sea, is that what it's called? Lake Victoria. Lake Victoria, okay. Yeah.
5: Oh, Lake, Lake Victoria, yeah, I'm
2: sorry. That's yeah. pretty interesting. I, I did not, uh, that, I was wondering what that hole was there. And, uh, yeah, it, it looks like a big sinkhole because uh, of how dark it is.
5: Gotta um, get you over to Africa. <laughs> it's an interesting thing to study if you go into Google Earth, um, especially the 3D, you know, yeah. ball type program and turn on the 3D part of it so that you can uh, see the elevations you can fly around that area and to the left of it or west in this case and look at the ground levels and see pathways all the way over to Nigeria. It looks like, uh, as though something big came from that direction and impacted there. Um, you know, I'm going to have to study that more, but I, I've noticed it before the signs of this and I hadn't taken the time to, to investigate, but you guys could do that too. Look and, and see. You know uh, what areas indicate Edges of a slide path of a large asteroid Ending up there at Lake Victoria And if you look in 3D You might be able to actually see The depression of the cone Uh, uh, Google Earth does let you uh, Plot a path across two points And it will show you the contour Where the dips are not So you don't have to eyeball it You can just pull that uh, Make a path line across it And on the bottom of your screen Will show up uh, a map sideways Showing the cut you've made through there and what the depths are, and that might tell us some clue about, you know, the, the shape of that. Anyway, that's.
2: Is that that's, um, just using the Google Earth, uh, or do you did you download the actual Google Earth?
5: Uh... Oh, I've, I've downloaded the actual program. Okay. I I know they've got one that you have to use uh, Google Chrome with, and I find that to be a pain in the neck. But I've got my old uh, uh, applications of. Uh, Google Earth Pro and, and normal Google Earth, which I still use, um, and those allow me to spin the planet and to fl- do flight patterns over and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I will, I will go back and investigate that. and You guys can do that too. Uh, there, there's something over there more than we've seen, um, and I started with that technique over when we discovered the um, the Kumnana in the highlands of the Goro Plateau, where the the water came up from from the land of Eden. Um, when I was trying to measure the depth of that pit there, uh, doing what I told you about, I started plotting points and I was able to plot points and d- develop a square shape and then a rectangular shape, another one, another one uh, that uh, isn't visible on, on uh, Google Earth by eye. You had to measure it you know with point measurements. And I'm thinking that might be a, a way to plot out that whole area there where that Lake Victoria is and see what the shape of it is and see if we've got like a mound, a ridge, Developing on, say, the east or right side of that that uh, number of, of fault lines, or you know, uh, to the north, uh, that will tell us if it's an impact. It would have shoved something in some direction to form a higher rim. But anyway, that's that's something that I'll I'll have a look at later. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, now, in, in image fifty, um, it has a bunch of. Uh, well, I say a bunch, maybe four, um, videos that were taken by various people showing this asteroid or, or meteor hitting the Earth's atmosphere and skipping off or being consumed by the atmosphere. We're not sure which one. But if you play that video, it tells you it was shot between July 8th and 9th, depending on which part of the world you were in. And as it goes along, the first thing you see, I think, is, uh, I'm just looking at it here, you can click on the, the text, and it takes you straight to the thing. You see the single asteroid flying across as a as a light dot. Uh, and then it goes to another version of it showing a streak that it leaves across the sky. Um, the interesting part about it is we've had a number of these, and I don't think this was a, you know, Tunguska-type size thing, but the fact that it did not impact meant it was a shallow asteroid, which means if this is the Earth, Instead of coming and hitting the Earth direct like that, making a big you know, crater, uh, it came in like this, and it passed over ten states of the United States if they saw it, and then disappeared. And either it got consumed by its own fire, or it left the atmosphere and went on. Which meant that it's something that approached Earth um, from the side in a you know like a shallow angle instead of impact direct. Um, it could have been worse if it came as an impact uh, direct. And I think we're going to see more and more of these things. And now with the, the modern uh, use of um, uh, iPhones or cell phones, we'll probably see more images captured like this.
2: That was an interesting a point. I, I have to get the information. Uh, last
5: week we talked about threat of civil war. Um, doing it again this year or this this week. Uh Image 46. Uh, Article showing 31% of U.S. voters think a second civil war is likely. And it's not hard to believe, is it, guys?
0: Not at all. And and I, I was talking, you know, it's amazing. I was talking about the, the plans for this very scenario back in 2012, 2013, based on uh, information I got from from a source within DHS.
5: Mocked you know what? Field. If you said anything in the last three minutes, I didn't hear it. I, I muted my, my uh, earphones by mistake. Anyway, oh. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, basically, no. Look, um, I, I, we're in some serious trouble here. The legacy of Obama is nothing but the div- division and chaos and criminality. And I, yeah. you know, I, I, I think over the last, uh, everything's accelerating. The, the hatred, the, the tumult. Uh, it's just, yeah,
5: it's getting bad. All right, now let's uh, get on over to that Bob Carnook uh, article or, or the video I watched today. Um, I get uh, email alerts from Prophecy in the News, and uh, they had two interviews on there with Bob Carnook over the last uh, week. And the the discussion was on his uh, book uh, and uh, information by others that were helping him uh, to do the analysis that the Temple of Solomon is, was not up on the Temple Mount, that it was down on the southeast wall, it was down underneath there in an area called Ophel, O-P-H-E-L where the city of David is, that, that they're excavating they have been for like 20 years and more and more parts of the, the city and uh, what they think is part of the palace of uh, uh, King David is coming to light in the, the dig now, I uh, I think I sort of agree with what uh, Bob Pernick is saying about the temple being in that area. But the the city of David is here. The temple mount was higher. had a a more prestigious uh, position than King David's uh, palace. Now, why you know, a threshing floor is usually high on a mountainside, perhaps not the highest point, but very close, where the winds will blow the chaff away when you're threshing the grain. You wouldn't put it in the city anywhere where David's city is. You'd put it away and up a bit. So it was the threshing floor that he bought here, or was it here where he put his palace? If it was here, was here being at the base of the foundation for the Temple Mount here, or was it up higher on the actual Temple Mount? Now, the Temple Mount itself was not this way. The, the, it looks now as a solid uh, construction in the time of King Solomon or of in the time of um, uh Herod the up here on the very top part where the dome of the rock is was the Roman garrison that was sent there to watch over uh, the Jewish people and to to contain them should they get out of hand, according to what the law of the Caesar was now, according to some reports uh, including uh oh uh, josephus, here was the the Roman garrison, and then there was a, a little valley and and then here was the temple of um, uh, Herod which was built uh, allegedly over the top of King Solomon's temple so there was a a valley in between where the the mosque uh, Masa is here and the Dome of the Rock so this valley is now filled in with stone and you have this flat mountaintop there you know that the temple mount which people think was the base of uh, Herod's temple but it wasn't now at, at best, Herod's temple would have been on the south end here. Now, the experts are arguing back and forth, and I've been reading most of today, trying to figure out which one is closer to correct. Um, I do think that the argument that uh, the temple mount for Herod's temple, uh, the argument that it is not the entire uh, temple mount that we see today, is correct. There was an ancient valley uh, surrounding the 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 Roman encampment up there at that time. But whether it is where the Al Akskamas was or outside the wall and down is what is uh, under discussion now. Now, um, Bob Cornuc mentioned in his analysis that the Gihon spring uh, bubbled up into the floor or, you know, into a well inside the temple mount of Solomon's temple. Other experts say, no, that's not correct. It flowed in. It was channeled in. But if it flowed in, like he said, and came up as a bubbling spring inside Solomon's temple, I wondered. It was called the Gihon Spring, still is today. I wondered, and and Gihon, by the way, means a spring that burst forth with great effort, you know, great force out of the earth. The Garden of Eden, what consecrated that was water that burst forth up at the top and gave life to the whole plateau down into the crater, which was the principal part of the Garden of Eden. Was this, if uh, uh, it occurred this way in Jerusalem when they built Solomon's Temple, was it an effort to tie the temple and its function there to the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, where God had originally planted uh, man, you know, Adam and Eve, and force the water to come up in this great, huge uh, spring and flow down into the valley and also make four rivers that eventually divided the continents? of the planet. Interesting thought, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and 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 what does that mean as far as you know, many people believe that uh you have to get rid of the mosque to have the to have a third temple built. So with what Bob's saying and and what you are saying uh from Bob's research is that that's not accurate? You you could have both with that or, or how well, would that yeah. work?
5: His his opinion is is hotly contested in the uh, Jewish uh, Orthodox Jewish community and Christian community there and elsewhere in the state. Um, I don't know at this point which position is correct, whether it's under the Al-Aqsa Mas, or whether it's outside the wall. If it's outside the wall, then you could build the Temple of Solomon. the The, the Muslims would allow that, especially since it's not on the Temple Mount. And it's not, um, you know, uh, going to cause a conflict in, in, in territorial or religious rights up on that that mount. They would allow that. They you know, even in Turkey they're saying, sure, you can have a, 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 a temple of Solomon and worship there. That's fine. Just don't you know, mess with our area." Well, if they did this, the chaos that it would create in the Jewish and Christian community is amazing, and in the Arab community there in Jerusalem. Everybody's been putting prayers in the Wailing Wall, on the West Side there. Quite frankly, I don't think that was ever part of the Herodian Temple. Uh, It was a wall built there after the fact, after the Romans uh, sacked uh, Jerusalem in 70 A.D. And you know, uh, it's covered up where the valley was that flowed through there. So if you're telling everybody that's been putting, you know, worship letters and, and prayers in the Wailing Wall, that that's not. Where the, the, the wall of the temple Of Solomon or of Herod You know in addition to Having a you know catatonic Fit of some sort there's going to be A lot of argument about whether You know that's true or not and it, it'll Destabilize a lot of the religious uh, Routines there in Jerusalem So uh, These are the things you're battling You know the public opinion about uh, The wailing wall and whether It was or wasn't part of the temple And whether the the temple is outside the walls and can be rebuilt in a manner that wouldn't cause you know the Muslims a, a great deal of um, angst. Um, I'd like to see that happen, but again, I don't know that we're going to get that approved because of the uh, the religious pressure that would come to bear from many places, Christian and Jewish, in Jerusalem and elsewhere in the world that support that area. Um, but it would be a fascinating solution, wouldn't it? Uh, especially if like the antichrist comes in and says hey you know let me tell you where the old temple of solomon was it's here and we can rebuild the, Sol- the temple of solomon there without uh, upsetting anybody it won't be on any muslim grounds etc and there'll be peace and we know he's yeah. going to do that you know so maybe that'll be part of his solution i don't know
2: very interesting and uh, uh, yeah. something to oh. to think about i do have to i had not seen i still had not seen uh, what Bob has put out, but we're going to definitely look into that. And Stan said he would be interested in, uh, coming on and doing a show with Bob on, on here. So if we can arrange that, sure. that would be, yeah. uh, something that would be pretty awesome. Stan, the, uh, uh sh- one of the articles we didn't get to 51 on your show images page, Israel to launch its first, uh, rocket to the moon. And it, it's a, a probe, a lunar probe that is going to be launched from a, a SpaceX launch in Florida. Um, what is this probe going to do? Is this uh, the fr- the first time uh, an Israeli um, space object will will be uh, on the moon, or have they
5: done this before? No, that's that's the first time. It's uh, uh, Israel will become, a, a, when it lands and it's functioning, will be the fourth uh, nation on the planet to have a, a base or you know a, an object that they've landed on the moon. Um, this is not going to happen until. Oh, what, what year? December
2: 2018.
5: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're not far off, uh, if we get it in December this year and they'll land on February the 13th in 2019. It would be relatively interesting, uh, for, you know, uh, a number of reasons, but for defense capabilities, if Israel is able to get stuff up into orbit and obviously up to the moon, then it means they have a stake in being able to defend themselves against, uh, uh, orbital devices uh, Or uh, Ground devices By hitting them With things from Orbit themselves right. Israeli technology Is really quite advanced uh, People just don't realize How much they contribute To all kinds of industry On the planet now And medicine And uh, energy And uh, water purification that Water purification The world's leaders In that at the moment And water Of course Is rapidly becoming The gold Of our modern age uh, Precious Clean water is so rare and getting rare by the day, uh, because of these changes and, and because of the population and the misuse of it that it is, it is a very valuable thing. So a long time ago, people said, you know, will the next war in the Middle East be over oil or over water, which has the greater value? So
0: very interesting. Well, with that, Stan, you've taken us to the end of the uh, program. It's unbelievable how time flies. <laughs> Um, incredible stuff. Uh, we've got. I think. Let's see here. We've got about uh, forty-five seconds left. Any closing comments? Well, a minute left. Any closing comments? Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, <laughs> that's fine.
5: <laughs> uh, look, uh, we'll get together again next week, Lord willing, and uh, have some more stuff to talk about. Sounds uh, great. Sounds great. Just keep an eye on our website. Holly puts up, uh, really good news, uh, six days a week for people to,
0: yeah, just share in. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a must stop. Uh, com is the website. And of course, hey, EMP shields, my goodness. Um, I, it's a great investment. Christmas, yeah. Dear. Christmas is coming up in, uh, five months. It'll be here before you know it. So. There you go. Plus, it's something that we need. Uh So, Stan, thank you so very much. May God bless you and Holly and uh, the little furry babies there. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Back All
0: right. Bye-bye. Guys. All right, folks, that will do it for us tonight. Tomorrow we've got a fantastic show lined up for you as well. Uh But don't forget, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Doug Hagman Radio Show, hashtag DHRS. Make it a thing. I don't know how to do it, so you guys can, if you so desire. And uh then uh Joe and John, the Daily Show, and of course back here tomorrow night for the Hagman report. Uh just wanna uh, just want to uh uh thank Tracy Beans. I want to thank Craig Sawyer, Alicia Powell, and uh of course Stan Dale for, for being part of the show tonight. Um just so much going on. Keep your eyes open for just everything. My goodness. Um, it's getting bad out there in terms of the hostility and against if you, us or against the uh, conservatives and Christians.
2: When when Stan came on at the top of the show, go to his site and go to this show images page and read that article that we talked about at the very beginning about the uh, top Vatican, former Vatican banker, explaining how the New World Order operators are destabilizing the West and Europe mm-hmm. through Im- immigration. And then look on. Their website at the stories of, uh, 700,000 immigrants waiting to cross from Europe or from Libya into Europe and the problems that this is causing and the countries are now basically fighting amongst themselves in Europe over who's going to take all these migrants. That's all tied together, but that'll do it what for a, us tonight. What a great idea that is. And we will be back tomorrow to continue on this crazy journey. So we'll see you then.